Two. All right, y'all. We had a little mishap. Anyway, we're live now. Yeah. It wasn't a sign. I know what y'all thinking already. But um, <laughs> anyway, yo, words never spoken. Episode fourteen. In the hey, look, this is about to be fire. Look, Austin, welcome back. Uh, my main engineer producer. I'm just have you introduce yourself really quick, please. Reintroduce oh, yourself. You know, it's your boy Austin Tolls. I am Austin Tolls on Instagram. Um, we got a show on Saturday night. Shout out King Gino. Be performing live in DC. Twenty dollars for the tickets. Hit my DM or his DM for info. Yeah, that's what's up. Um, so look, y'all, we we got a pretty deep episode today. Um, it's good, my boy. I'm excited about this episode. It's actually pretty big. I'm gonna tell y'all why. First and foremost, I want to just get straight to the point. Everybody, well, not everybody. Do you grow up, Jehovah's Witness? Might as well. I was 15 when I started. Okay, okay. Pretty much everybody in this room grew up Jehovah's Witness. Me, since three years old, since I remember anything consciously. Everybody in this room grew up Jehovah's Witness, and everybody, even either officially or unofficially, is out the organization right now. So, to be honest with all my viewers right now, this is big because this is actually my coming out party. I think me and Austin's actually. Kinda. We'll get more into it now, but <laughs> trust me, my phone is going to be blown up after this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce my guests. Uh, you know why this is going to be so special, audience, is because we shared a lot of time in the same congregation uh, where we uh, pretty much gathered the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. And um, we're going to have a lot of stories that intertwine. We're going to have a lot of pieces of the puzzles come together, a lot of questions out of curiosity answer. I know for me, for sure. But first, I want to introduce... Imani Brennan. Imani, welcome to the podcast. How you, you doing? I'm good. How are you, Tom? I'm good. I'm that's, good. That's we're going we're gonna to get to the questions. We are. But secondly, we're going to introduce uh, Sharon Washington. Williams. Oh, I'm so sorry. Darn it. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Will- Sharon I went Williams. to Washington, uh, but thank okay. God I'm a Williams. Okay. Okay. There you go. All right. <laughs> Sharon Williams, Imani Brennan, Tyrone Danley, Austin Toes. We all have a story to tell about our experience in this organization and we're going to sh- we're going to tell everything look we're going to make this like a movie we're going to be jumping from back to back we're going to do like flashback scenes we're going to do the good the bad the ugly the future um but first to get started this is a big deal i'm gonna be explaining some terms as i go just so y'all know for people that never been familiar with jehovah's witness uh, don't know much about it i'm gonna try to break down some terms but it's a very special language for those that are in this organization it's very unique and to their credit, it's very universal for Jehovah's Witness. So you can speak a certain language and go to China or Austria and say another language right in front of a witness among strangers and really sound like you're probably speaking a different language, like Hebrew or something. But what I want to start with is this. Um, Imani, and we're going to go around the room. I want to know first when you were baptized as a Jehovah's Witness and when's the last time you've been to a kingdom hall, which is the place of worship. Ooh, you put me on the spot. I know, I know. So I will say, the year I was baptized was the year my sister was born. Mm. My sister is 16, she'll be 17 in February. So you doing the math over there, Tyrone? No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> but, but she said 16 in February? She'll be 17 in February. So, oh, for real? Yeah. Okay, so you was baptized in 2003. Yes. That sounds about right. Two thousand. I remember it was in the summer. I believe it was either June or July. It was like the last day of June or July of two thousand three. With you getting baptized, come on, like the same year your sister was born, 
that had to kind of to you be something significant about it that you, you think about hey i got so much to look forward to like as a representative or as a leader what i will say is during that period in my life there was a lot of change so in the organization the organization and just my personal life oh really just period wow um so i will say all that like put together was significant to be honest with really yeah oh, wow we're definitely gonna get into that we're gonna get into that and when's the last time you've been to a meeting that's what i'm really interested the last in. time i went to a meeting it was last summer wow uh i went to a meeting it was a uh, congress heights shout out to congress heights <laughs> wow that's where you wow. go <laughs> no shade to congress i'm sorry that's where you go when you're kind of on the end and you're kind of thinking about letting go Congress is the way you kind of, like, but, subtly, but listen, like... Listen, no, I'm be honest. It wasn't... I wasn't... I went for... It was selfish reasons, I'll be honest with okay. you. Because I knew I was... Mentally, I was basically done. Okay. I went to see a brother to make sure... I wanted to make sure he was still good. He was fine, like, able. He's he's older. He's not an elder or anything like that. But mm. he's an older brother. And when I saw him, he was still doing good. He actually gave a part that day. So that, like, gave me... Mm. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm I'm good with it. Like, okay. I made peace with it. I guess you can say. Yeah, I I, th I think that's kind of loving. I mean, I think honestly, I think this gesture is loving as ironic it might be because um, we're not we're trying to me me personally. I'm trying to promote whatever makes someone happy. I honestly, whatever you want to do, I'm for it, man. I just know that inevitably there's going to be answers from my peers and my close friends, and this is my platform to give you the answer. You could do whatever you want with it. Honestly, I just want you to know that. You know, we'll get into it, but it's not all in. It's it's, it's other paths, you know, right. and and I just can't stand guilt at this time in the world. You just it's it's not where it's at right now to let someone have guilt. Um, but anyway, so 16 years after baptism was your very last meeting. Yep. That's wild. All right, look. So we're gonna move on and say what you want to share. But uh, when did you get baptized, and when was your last meeting? I Sharon? got baptized, I think April '96, and. Wow. My last meeting was last year. Um, wow. Let me see. Last year in June, maybe. I want to say June. Whenever that child molesting article came out, that was Yeah, I think that meeting. was, yeah, that was, uh, and that uh, close odor of mine, he felt the same way. That kind of got him away um, as when they, they came out with that. Was yeah, that, that was, the one, was it, what was it, before I say it, what mm -hmm. was it specifically about that article that? It was hypocritical. And what type of It was not was? true. That okay. um, it was. Um, the article was saying that there are people who profess to be Jehovah's Witnesses that molest people, and I know that's not true. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that they do all of this teaching and training yeah. of the brothers to help people, and it just wasn't true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it kind of it kind of messed me up from wanting to go back. Yeah, and and I could see that, and that that's crazy though. I didn't know that you stayed for that long, uh, from from '96 to the to 2019. Um, I remember that article. And look, guys, I'm telling y'all right now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with y'all. My journey through this organization, it was that wasn't my main gripe. I'm going to be honest with you. Even though, yeah. Right. Even though I'm it wasn't to, my main gripe. It wasn't a gripe yeah. for me at all. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. Yeah, well, not I'm, at all. Yeah, I didn't want to make that assumption, but I'm just saying putting out there that that's just like, a, for lack of better words, a cherry on top, for lack of better words. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Like, my arguments are way before we get there. Right. But that is a part of it. Yeah. Now, about that. And I'm going to touch on the articles because I remember that article. I feel like mine was more doctrinal. Like, like 
I feel like any evil and wicked or sick person can implant themselves in a community. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And conveniently, unfortunately, it's a convenient community. It's gonna sound weird, but to be that, you know, to be the molester because of the two witness rule, yeah. because of their hesitation on going to local authorities. Um, to speak to your point, um, I interview not interview. I spoke to my mom and a lot of the associates about what was going on because we, we were in Glass Manor. Mm-hmm. And obviously there was there was a guy that got eight of us out of there. You know what I'm saying? Eight. When I say us, I mean the young people. Literally eight of us. And I think he was disfellowshipped twice. Disfellowship meaning removed from the congregation. And um, look, like talking to my mom, she didn't even bring up. And I asked her directly. She didn't say that the elders advised her to go to the authorities or offered that this and say, hey, you can if you want to. She said that that wasn't even a discussion. Yeah. You know, and I ain't going to lie. If eight people have the same result and it's not, like, done uh, with the local authorities, I have to believe that that probably wasn't a big discussion. That, to me, is is disturbing, to say the least. It's disturbing. Um, so yours was uh, last year. That, that was a big article. I don't. They kind of effed up doing that. Because I think even in that article they said, we don't discourage people from going to authorities. But you, like they don't encourage truths. it, though. It was like half truths. Yeah. Um, so that was right. the last time I went consistently. Yeah. I've never gone back since that day. I walked yeah. out and never went back. Yeah. Um, Austin, what's, what's good with you? Baptized, and then when did you, uh, when did you leave? Uh, I was baptized last December 3rd, 2006. Um, and I remember my date. Because my older brother was baptized December 6, 2003. That's why I remember that date so vividly. Uh, I got so, I mean, I, I spent that whole time trying, trying to be a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. Uh, I never really bought in. <laughs> Uh, I was always half in, half out. Um, And, I mean, the reason I got baptized had nothing to do with the Bible or belief or faith. Yeah, I see. Um, My older brother got baptized, and I saw how happy my mom was. I'm a mama's boy. Can we talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Because I I, I can agree with that. It wasn't so much that we were bought on what we were being taught, but Mm -hmm. for us being young and to be baptized, it was more so of the fact that our parents were happy, the older people in the congregation were happy. Like, that's really what kind of sold most of us on being baptized. And I was 11. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, look, man, like, that's way too young to be making that. But I got one. It's even worse because... I never had a Bible study. Oh, before you were dipped? Before I got baptized. Okay, yeah, because you were supposed to get it from the meeting. No. (laughs) No, that's not how it works. Exactly. Uh, When you did the questions, were they, like, trying to... When I did the questions, it was one elder in particular, uh, Brother Fenwick, who I didn't even know the answer to, to one of these questions. And he was like... You know, you can just say you don't know. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> he was like, okay, well, I mean, this, but see, that's the thing. I knew all the other answers. I was yeah. book smart. Yeah. I've always been book smart, but I never, like, so I knew enough to get past the questions minus yeah. that one. 
Um, and I don't even remember what the question was, but I know it was something about Jesus. Yeah. And yeah. I was never big on the history ever. Yeah, I feel you. I mean, for so, people that yeah, don't yeah. know really quick, in order to get baptized as a Jehovah's Witness, you go through a series of studies, but ultimately, when you go to the congregation elders, um, they test you on certain questions, and the, the questions change over the years. They change uh, a lot. And if you're able to answer those questions, and, and they're pretty basic questions, um, then you could get baptized. Now, uh, mind you, everybody's been in a situation where they cramp for a test, and they know an answer to something, and then the next day you can't, they can't tell you a lick of what they're learning. You can pass as a baptism candidate with that type of knowledge, with just barely making it, and then you can forget about it the next day. Mind you, I'm not going to lie, I, I just don't agree with the the youth being able to get baptized, man. Um, this is my thing. Let me know what y'all think. Um, if I'm 11 or 14 or 16 and I go to my mom and say, Mom, I want a girlfriend, or Mom, I want to start drinking, even if we're overseas, you know, or... Mom, I want to get a job. I want to leave school. They're going to say you're too young to know what you're doing. They're going to say you're too young to make that decision. That's puppy love. Yeah, but 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 it's promoted that that's the biggest decision of our lives. Mm-hmm. You know. So so I'm thinking that if I can make that decision to get baptized, I should be able to make anything lesser than that. Right. If if you're allowing me to, to dedicate my life to that, you know what I'm saying? And it's just an inconsistent principle, in my opinion. Um, let alone, let me know what y'all think. Have y'all ever seen a young person, when I say young, I mean below 18, that would vehemently talk to his parents if they were missing meetings? He studied all the time and dragged on the field service and did everything on his own without being spoken to. The crap was not in existence. What are we talking I know, about? I didn't know one. You, uh, for real? Yeah, talk about I, it, though. Talk about that. it. Uh, it was a – and he had been – he had been like that from the beginning. Like, that's just his personality. Mm-hmm. When he's doing something, he's like all in, yeah, all yeah. into doing it. So even when his parents like started slacking off or wouldn't go to the meetings or whatever, he would literally like call and make arrangements <laughs> to do <laughs> stuff <laughs> on his own. Good for him. No, yeah. I, and I'm not, and I'm saying I'm not saying that, no sarcasm one, with that. Seriously, but, yeah, I believe yeah. that would make sense to me if I was a parent seeing that. I would like this dude played this more than his video games. You know what I'm saying? Um. But that wasn't the case for most kids, man. Yeah. It wasn't the case for most kids. I, I yeah. was that kid, though. Oh, really? I was that mm. kid. Okay. So we have another like, one. Like, for the longest time, probably up, almost up to a year ago, I thought I was, like, could be, like, my life was meant to be a Jehovah's Witness. Like, I yeah. never had any desire to do any worldly things, you could say. Mm. Um, I love going to the meetings. I love preparing for the meetings. I didn't really like common because I've never been, like, I I'm never like publicly speaking, okay. but I like taking in information, and yeah. that's kind of what drew me to it. Um, so I wasn't necessary. I wasn't born into the truth. I do say I was raised because I was young, but I did have the experience of um, I went to church, Catholic, Baptist, Methodist. My mom took me to the temple for the Islams. Um, we did seven day Adventists. Like I've, I've, I've seen wow. a bunch of different things, and nothing wow. ever like resonated with me. And when I look back on it, it was more so of the fact I'm, I've never been like an emotional type of person. Mm-hmm. But if you can speak to me and like give me knowledge, which is what the Jehovah's Witnesses did when I'm sitting there three days out of the week, mm-hmm. right? I'm studying, I'm learning. It felt like school to me, which I was great at. Mm-hmm. Like it drew me to it. So I was, I love doing it. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, 
and I commend you for that. I, honestly, um, I, I feel like that's a rare case, to be honest with you. Uh, I would say one in every eight, if that, if I'm being nice. Um, on top of that, mind you, like for the audience, I'm not here to bash what, you, what you're into. I mean, I, honestly, I want people to speak up if I didn't get that type of experience. I want people to speak up and say, hey, I experienced that. Good for you, bro. Like, and I mean that sincerely. Um, but the, also the big thing about the young people getting involved is the inability to really explain the foundation of the religion and the, the doctrines. If we are making a decision every day, really, life-changing decisions type stuff where, like, maybe you don't want to go to college, you choose, you don't choose this job, you don't choose these people, we should be able to explain, darn, why not darn near in detail why we believe in 607, why we believe in 1914, why we believe... We should be able to, but yeah. you'd be... Well, you probably won't be surprised how many people I've talked to recently... And they don't even have a clue how 607 no even relates to 1914. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, oh, I need, I'm way ahead. Like, you know, 607, we had 2,520 years, we get 1914. They're like, oh, uh, yeah. like, and and that's a grown man. I want to let you know, I had never cared about That's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem, bro. Even when I wasn't, like, when we had watchtowers and we had to do field service relating to anything with dates, yeah. I was the one that always got the awake. Uh, yo that's funny yo so like the awake magazines was always the magazines that um were like the least bible based magazines they had like like discovery channel type subjects like day life stuff yeah like, exactly you know right. and so you would get to those for like the less bible things and then the watchtower would be like the more bible based joint which i'm gonna talk about in detail later um real quick i was um i was baptized in 2004 i was baptized in 2004 I remember because iRobot came out the day before I got baptized. <laughs> DeMar's van, he always gave me and my brothers like a baptism gift. He always would like single us out and take us out. And he took me to see iRobot. And I told him I could hang. I was falling asleep during my baptism talk. Brother Tonk was right too. in front. Oh, my God. I felt bad. I was dozing. And Tonk didn't see me. Oh, my goodness. My elder and my congregation gave my baptism talk because we get baptized at a circuit assembly. Shout out to Tonkins. And shout out to Tonkins. And he looked at me, and he's like, 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 nigga, I see you sleeping. Wake up. And I'm like, I can't stay late. But anyway, and then my last meeting actually was this year. After the convention, I was done, which I'm going to get into later. But everything just seems so much obvious to me. And I was waking up and waking up doing my own research because of COVID and me working from home. I was able to dedicate hours. And I'm going to talk a lot about it. I'm going to talk a lot about it. But my research, even when I was commenting in the Kingdom Hall, my research was accurate, but it wasn't talked about in JW.org. Right. But people were complimenting me on my comments. Good comment. Where do you get that mm -hmm. from? And I was like, y'all too <laughs> limited. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, yeah. With that being said, Sharon, can you talk about leading up to your baptism like like who brought you in the truth and, and how do you end up getting so baptized? the tonkins brought me into the truth oh okay wow. yeah shout out to the tonkins wow. shout out to the tonkins again wow um amazing amazing and um they have always because i met them when i was 15 um i already had a child i was living in a situation oh okay um was that chris yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, my wow. little shout out to Chris. Okay. <laughs> um, so the Tonkins were there. I was in the tenth grade, started studying. I believed it immediately, um, but I didn't want to get married because I didn't like the guy. Mm -hmm. Could not stand his guts okay. even to this day. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, they tell you, mind you, I said I was fifteen. Right. So what you learn is you have to be married in order to please Jehovah. So I said, yeah. well, I'm never gonna. <laughs> 
I'm okay. never going to do that. But <laughs> learning more and more about Jehovah, and I thought the system was going to end like within a year or two. Yeah, yeah. I ended up getting married yeah. at 17. Uh, ended up wanting to please Jehovah, wanting to please Jehovah, but I, I didn't like the situation. And I remember one time telling Craven, I don't think that he loves me like like it's supposed to be because it was a really bad relationship you know and this was you were 17 i was 17 and was this was this 17 yeah oh really yeah wow i was such a little kid i I had no clue what was going on but this is it was crazy he's like he was like 10 years older than me it was you know taking advantage of a situation okay um so anyway I wanted to go out and feel service. I wanted to please Jehovah. Mm-hmm. And I knew the only way that I would be able to live in paradise with the pandas and the bears mm-hmm. was to get baptized. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get baptized because I wanted to please Jehovah. Mm-hmm. So I got baptized. Did they say anything about you getting married at 17? Was that legal at that point? No, I had to get permission. I had to get permission. What do you mean permission? You mean From legally? my parents. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. My worldly parents, yeah. But, but hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. So, but it was legal, though, for you to be married at 17. Mm-hmm. Just your parents had to approve. Like yeah. Sign a letter. Oh. Like like a permission slip. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh. Like when, that, uh, when the um the dude recently, the 57-year-old dude, got married to the 13-year-old girl, oh, his, oh, his yeah, best Houston. friend's yeah, yeah. daughter, yeah. it's because he signed oh, no, no. off to allow it to happen. Yeah. It's emancipation okay. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I was emancipated minor. All right, so look, let's get down to the nitty-gritty on this. Like, yes. Did the eldest comment on this relationship no but i know that nat was like what is up you know because you can feel the looks Mm -hmm. but i was living on my own i wasn't at home you know so okay so you really was was an adult like by the definition right so he was like well if if this is what it is then you have to get married in order to please jehovah and I, i really wanted to please jehovah so i got married and i went over my questions my hundred questions in the back of the book passed them and mm. I got baptized and it, wow. it it was at that time I thought that was the best and it was the best decision for me okay. at yeah. that time okay okay I, I respect that I have a question yes was Mark affiliated with Joe's Witnesses no so you no. was the so they so that. I'll tell you Nat and Tommy Burnett I don't know if I remember him yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember they him. knocked yeah. on my door and I opened the door. I was like, looked out the peephole. I was like, oh, God, Jehovah Witnesses. And I just opened the door, and they did this spill. And I was like, oh, I'm interested in that. And I was 15, interested in spiritual things. Mm. So I was prime target wow. for the truth. Dang. But it was, it was, the talkings were amazing for me throughout my whole entire. They are amazing. They are amazing. <laughs> yeah. They are amazing. Can I, can I ask you something? Shout out to the it's, it's, it's a little personal because I'm just wondering. Uh, so, so where was uh, like a father figure or like parents at, the, at this point? I really don't know. So, excuse me. So, my my father was um, sick. He was always sick since I was a child. He mm. so he was in the hospital. He mm. was he had um, schizophrenia. Okay. So he was in the hospital, and my mother was on drugs. Okay. So I wasn't home. Okay. I left home early. Yeah. Fourteen, so, fifteen. So, so, I mean, sometimes what's needed is needed, but it seemed like it was just like a such a convenient uh, a community for it you. It was a convenient you know community. I mean? Yep. They Not provided only... a foundation, and it was stability. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know. I wasn't really a wild child. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't a wild child, but I don't know where I would have been had I not had that foundation Yeah, that the Kingdom Hall provided. So That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to have a disclaimer. Like, 
some of these, well, a lot of them, in my experience, are really good people. So a lot of these people are are there because they want to do what they think is right. They want to, they really want to be the best person. They obviously mm-hmm. have an interest in God. You know what I'm saying? And so some of these stories will show that these, some of these people are sincerely some good people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and I just have a, I just, my thing is, once you in there, it's like all the outsiders aren't good people. Exactly. And that's gonna that 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 messed me up a lot. Um, I think it's a good time for me to read this this quote really quick, because growing up in the organization, they kind of have you think of uh, what they call worldly people as as like the most toxic, satanic. Like you're doomed that something bad happened eventually with the with the worldly uh people and um they've been promoting that since I was a little kid I was always scared and I, me and my brother agree with this my younger brother we were always scared of meeting new worldly people because of any moment they're gonna take us away and and, and the Satan's influence <laughs> honestly this is still promoted today um I want to read a quote from um the convention of this year which was really my final waking up period when I said I just couldn't do it anymore. First day convention, Friday um, in the morning, James Mance, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking helper about. to the writing committee of the governing body, James Mance. The talk was a symposium, what contributes to joy, fruit, true friendships. Mind you, this, this, this convention, this quote is from a convention that's public. Millions of witnesses not only see it, but they also invite people from the world, which are non-Jehovah's Witnesses, to see it. And he said, they're very slick with the words. It says, friendships in a world are often based on selfish motives. All right. He didn't back that with any stats. He didn't quote anybody. He made a blanket statement with no backing up. I quote, friendships in the world are often based on selfish motives. He then later on says, true friends can be found only among Jehovah's people. He later then quotes, again, they're, they're, they're slick with the words, friendships in the world are often based on shared interests. However, true friendships are based on common values. I quote, he said that. I'm gonna do it again. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, do that again. I was like in the I'm twilight zone when I heard it. This is if this ain't propaganda, then mind you, we've been hearing this stuff since we we're little. Yeah. We're we're like, man, this is the only place to find friendships in the world are often based on shared interests. Right. Okay. However, true friendships are based on common values. If you don't go to thesource.com now and look up value interests and not see them together. Yeah, I'm like, like, what is the shared interest in common? Nah, man, and so that's promoted a lot. So once you're in that community, which does have good people in there, does have loving people in there. I mean, from my experience, down they the 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 problem is you build that foundation and invest your time in there, and once you want to leave or think about leaving and you're baptized like all of us was. No, you're losing everything you you're built now, and you're going out correct. to the satanic, yep. selfish motives work. Go ahead, you seem like you, like you had to say something. So, I want to play devil's advocate real quick. Yeah, please. Just because this is what I do. <laughs> um, so, values and interests, I could see where they're drawing the line, right? Because you can have a shared interest that doesn't have a good moral values behind it. You see what I'm saying? But look though, okay, I, Austin, I understand what you're saying. I want you to finish, but now you're being, you're you, now it's all subjective. Well, that's all they ever, that's all it ever is. But I'm saying though, like when you say value, a common value, mm-hmm. your common value could be negative too. 
your share that's very in, true. Your share interest could be. We could have share interest in in, in blowing up a school. I'm not disagreeing with you. Know okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, but, but I see what you're saying. Go ahead. I'm just but saying from that from that point of view. He's playing devil. Because yeah. you gotta keep in mind. Yeah. <laughs> but so you gotta keep in mind who we're talking about is saying this, right? Yeah. We're talking about the spokespeople for God Himself. Yeah. So they're in their mind, their values are here. Yeah. While the worlds are down here somewhere. Mm. So your common interest in the world is bad, has bad values, but in the organization, the values are up here. Yeah, so I get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. You got to take into account who's speaking. Yeah, I, I got you. I got and you. why they can, I mean, why they could separate the words. Right, right, right. I understand. Um, and I, I want you to continue though on, on this, this story. So um, how long were you married to, to, to Mark? 10 of the longest years of my life. Wow. 10 years. 10 years. I was I was this fellowship in the midst of that 10 years too. Okay. But okay. Yeah, 10 years. Okay, cuz I remember growing up in the congregation. I remember I remember you being in this fellowship for sure. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a clue what or all that mm -hmm. stuff. I just remember mm -hmm. asking my mom, why isn't no one talking to her? I know, right? Um and 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 when someone's this fellowship in the uh, Jehovah's Witness organization, literally we are told not to say a word to the person. No, literally. Um, look, whether you agree with it or not, they use First Corinthians chapter five, where it says, "Anyone called a brother or sister that commits adultery, da da da, don't say a greeting to them." Mm -hmm. But there's something that is weird about that. I'm gonna mm -hmm. talk about later. Trust me. Mm -hmm. Um, but so you were this fellowship about in what year? About um two thousand. It was 2001. That's when 9-11 okay, that happened. Okay, that makes sense. Because yeah. I was 11. I was like, I'm going to die. I got to okay. get back to the hall. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so so you were this fellowship 2011. 2001. Um, 2001, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, now, look, I really want to ask this, and I'm going to get to Imani's story of baptism in Austin's, but how did, like, Chris, how, how did this affect Chris? Before you answer, mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. Growing up, Chris was always the one that wasn't with it, to me, in my <laughs> he vision. Wa he wasn't. And and I just always knew that, but I never knew why he seemed he he seemed like I'll be nice, but I'm I'm good. Right, on that. right. You know what I'm saying? Did you feel like you? Not, uh, maybe you. Do you feel like you or the relationship affected that? Or how, I how think you... I think um, when you see people living one way at the Kingdom Hall, but then at home they're totally different. I think he saw the hypocrisy in that. And he just wasn't with it. He was it through you or through your, I think through it was Mark through, or through? It was more so through Mark, but it was through our relationship. Okay. Okay. Because it wasn't okay. a relationship. Okay. But then we go to the Kingdom Hall together. We sing those songs and we are a married couple at the Kingdom Hall as, you know. Yeah, of course. But when at home, we had separate rooms. Okay. okay. You know, so he yeah. wasn't. Um, so it was us. I yeah. wouldn't put it all on him, but it was us. Yeah. As as a couple, it just mm. wasn't wasn't right. Yeah. You know? Okay, I can understand it. I'm just so, so surprised he made that such a strong stand at, at a, a young, young age, and was yeah. he was consistent. I don't ever remember him showing he was, interest. He, he, he consistent you know I mean? to this day. Shout out to Chris. <laughs> okay, yeah. Oh, I want to talk more about your relationship and how it evolved yeah. later on. But Imani, can you talk to us about how you became baptized? What made you get dipped? Uh, you spoke a little bit on it before, but please like elaborate on your influences and everything. Um. Once again, the biggest influence, it was, uh, I will say it was my mother. Um, growing up, she's always been, like, super, super, super into God, spiritual. Like, this woman quit her job to start a jail mail ministry. 
This was at the height, like, on some personal stuff. My dad had just went to jail, and then my mom quits her job to 100% dedicate herself to finding the truth. Mm. The last church we went to wow. was called uh, the Twelve Disciples, and I will never forget. I don't know how old I was. I had to be if I got baptized at nine. I had to be about six or seven years old, and I'm sitting in the car, and I'm watching my mom outside talking to. Well, she's trying to talk to the preacher of this church, and he, I guess like I really don't know what to call them. I guess they're like deacons or whatever. Mm. But the guys before the pastor okay. was like kind of like blocking her off, trying to like intercept her from like she was going to ask some questions. Mm. And obviously he just wasn't he 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 wasn't into it. Mm. He probably didn't know the answers to what she was right. asking him. Mm-hmm. So instead of embarrassing himself, he had other people go before him and intercept her or whatever. But watching that, for me, once again, I don't think I've ever been honestly like a, a spiritual person. Like I don't, I don't think I've ever had that connection. Mm-hmm. It's always been about if you can show me in the Bible then I can believe it. I got to mm. see it to believe it. I can't feel yeah. it. You can't tell me what you... I need to see it. Yeah. Um. So, okay. when we start studying with the witnesses, and for me to be able to sit down at that table and have these books in front of me with the Bible and to go, like, paragraph, paragraph, line, and line, and for it to be looking like it was, like, one plus one was adding up yeah, for me. totally, yeah. At the same time, I was only eight. So it made sense. <laughs> that's a big deal too. That's okay. So it made okay. sense. So I'm like, yeah. why not? Like I can y'all not asking me to jump up and down and speak in tongues. I can't yeah. do none of that. Yeah. But I can raise my hand and answer this question that I studied the day before. I can yeah. do that. So I was I was like, okay, why not? I'm gonna go ahead and get baptized. And so let's see, Bastion, real quick, shout out to everybody in the comments. We appreciate y'all. Look, um, we love y'all, but this is a good thing because we can't keep up with all the comments, but it's a good thing because it shows to the traffic being bigger and bigger. Uh, Verlin, Essence, The Trail, uh, Q. I saw somebody else up there. We appreciate y'all. Um, I'm going to read one of shout the uh, Darnell. Shout out to Darnell. I think um, and I'm going to read some more as we go. Um, I think you got everybody. So, look, after baptism, what were some of the good moments after baptism that you appreciated from the organization? Well, I will say I, li- I liked field service. So, after I got baptized and I was able to be an auxiliary pioneer, I liked that a lot. Um, I hung out with some cool older sisters on Beyond's with Good you. for you, man. Sister yeah, Van, I'm for you. She probably my number one still to this day. <laughs> I haven't talked to her in probably. What, like, Sister Van? Si- yeah. Oh, okay, wow, okay. Shout okay. out to yeah, yeah, I love Mary Van. Uh, she was I always a lady. I love Sister Van. She want to not be like Peter right now. I ain't going to shout her out. But go ahead. Um, <laughs> um, to be honest, that was probably my, like, field service for me was 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 big. Like, I yeah. loved going on field service, whether it was door-to-door, street wow. work. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget when we did uh, Drive-By Witnessing with Shelly Slidell. Mm. And we have Drive-By Witnessing, <laughs> which, uh, can you tell them what Drive-By Witnessing is? I, so, I feel like every time I say this, everybody's version of Drive-By Witnessing is different. Our Drive-By Witnessing was definitely, we would be driving and then all of a sudden we would just stop and we would roll the window down and we'd give our little spiel (laughs) you know hand hand out the chunk of the magazine Mm. keep it moving Mm. it was literally drive by witness that was fun exactly yeah Yeah. i mean and i enjoyed some of the field service when we were in groups and I knew it was going to be a long time before it was my turn again. That's when I really... Oh, when we did the return visits groups, and I was like, 
and we had six, and I would go, and I had to wait five more. I'm like, oh, we good. <laughs> I, sometimes we stop before it's my turn again. That was my favorite part. You know what I'm saying? But then I'm going to talk about, like, as I started waking up, how I became more and more non-caring about what they wanted me to say, but what I thought. And I got looks like crazy from people I was in service with. Like, what are you saying? Stick to the script. I'm like, nah, I actually feel like this. Um, but you have such a pleasant story. You have a pleasant story so far. We're going to get to the medium. But I, I appreciate. I think that I appreciate you appreciating that. I could tell you do. Um, Austin, can we can we get down to your uh, lead up to baptism? Well, you you touched on it a little bit. I, t- I touched on mine for the most part. Uh, okay. Because I mean, honestly, my entire life, uh, I mean, my dad was in and out, but like he was, he was baptized and he was disfellowshipped and he was reinstated and he was disfellowshipped like multiple times. Um, so. I'm, that might be one of the reasons I never took the religion seriously because oh, okay. it didn't. Okay. It was just it was what it is. Like we went when we went and we yeah. didn't. Like I celebrated Christmas as a kid. Oh, I got a PlayStation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I got a PlayStation. <laughs> when the PlayStation first came out, the PS One, the first PlayStation, we celebrated Christmas. Like my dad was married to um, a, a worldly woman, so, uh, and she had three kids. So like. They did everything. I went to church with them when I was a kid. Yeah. And then, like, the the next day went to the Kingdom Hall. Like, oh, wow. So, for me, it was just like I was just doing what I was raised to right. do. Like, I never. It was kind of watered down for you. It was just going through emotions. You. It didn't matter to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing. Yeah. It was yeah. never a time as a child where I sat down and was like, I need to learn about god or this or that like mm-hmm. i need to take this seriously like bro life was just life yeah yeah. i'm just here for what i'm here for okay you know that's what I'm very interesting especially at a young age relatively speaking it's yeah. crazy because for as long as i've been alive or remember my grandfather has always been a presiding overseer mm-hmm. and and coordinator mm-hmm. so at first it was presiding overseer then it got changed to coordinator mm-hmm. of body of elders mm-hmm. My grandfather has always been that, mm. as far as I can remember in my life, mm. right? My grandmother had been, like, a, a regular pioneer for a long time. Mm. Uh, I think my aunt always was serious in it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, she did foreign language, learned Spanish, went to a foreign language congregation. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but my mom was also in and out mm. my entire childhood I, I can imagine that kind of makes it easier not to take it seriously yeah it's i mean like i mean i okay so i've never really took much of anything serious okay. ever in my life and obviously that didn't help at all uh, right right <laughs> yeah. like it's just not me like everything is a joke until it's not okay like i take the serious stuff serious like if you want to have a serious conversation with me yeah like as long as you let it be known this is a serious conversation yeah. i'll take it serious yeah but if you don't let it be known I'm normally going to make a joke. Yeah. It's going to be a joke. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. That's why I say me getting baptized literally had nothing to do with doctrine mm-hmm. or faith or belief. Mm-hmm. I literally just got baptized because I was a mama's boy and I, I wanted to prove that I could make my mama happier mm-hmm. than my older brother did. <laughs> as, as you got baptized, gr- growing up, as you got baptized, have you ever had that moment? Because obviously you get older and older where you're like, man, let me just check this out, though. You know? I tried. I definitely tried. Like, to the point of regular pioneering, to the point of, I mean, 
I've given just about any talk. You like, were I've given multiple too, talks. Right? Good at talks too. Yeah, like that was yeah, my thing. Awesome. Like when I was in East Waldorf, when I was in Hughesville, Chapter Co, and South Alexandria, like I would, I could literally go to a hall within a couple months, get on the school and get a talk, and just kill that jump. Yeah, yeah. Normally, I didn't even prepare. Like I literally put my talks together like a day before. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Like, have you ever like at, throughout the regular party? I can't help but I'm asking this for the audience and I have my opinions on it uh-huh. but have you throughout being a regular pioneer giving the talks have you ever sat down and studied like the no. doctrines okay okay no, no. and I respect you I never even honestly got 50 hours of, or uh, 70 okay. hours a month yo and I, I lied yo, on my field a lot of more part. people do that religiously I have never <laughs> oh in my goodness. life I was always Fulfilled scared to do that. That's a, but I realized that a lot of people I heard did that, and yeah. when I was, that's why I never auxiliary. Well, I did auxiliary a couple of times, well, a few, several times. But I always would make sure I get it because I never understood when someone said I ain't make my time. I'm like, how? You how? promised to Jehovah you were gonna make your time. Like how? Like, and then they'd be lazy the last day. They'd be like, I, I got three hours. Like, right. I'm like, you can still make it. You just <laughs> get to Jehovah. So I was like, something was like, something. I'm glad right. I didn't grow up with you because I'd have clouded you, boy. I'm done you with uh... Oh, my God. Like, let me get back and let me get into my story really quick. Um, Speaking of that, growing up with two brothers, I was the second to last baptized. My older brother, Quentin, got baptized with three young people in our congregation. I think even four. Daniel, Crystal, Joshua. They all got baptized the same day. And I felt the pressure from the congregation. I did. Um, at that time, I was in, I was into porn. I remember this is actually kind of funny but sad. But my dad, he had paid the direct TV guy to get all the channels for free. And I was 10 or 11. I had all the channels for free. And so I got into pornography at such a young age. And, and you know, I kept that habit for years and years. And um, that's messed up, Verlin. But that was funny. <laughs> Verlin said dirty pool water. That was funny. And so when I was 14, my mom was like, what's taking you so long? What's taking you so long? And I was like, in my mind, I'm still... I'm my right hand still my best friend, you know what I'm saying? Nah, but anyway, <laughs> and she was like, uh, she was like, you're not gonna get everything perfect. Trey is a and, and so as I continued to uh, be involved in porn, I got baptized, but I stopped the porn for a minute, you know what I'm saying? To Look my surprise, okay. good old you know, I was like, the Holy Spirit is really working. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yo, it's lit. The Holy Spirit lit. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you know, I, I enjoyed the association with my brothers. Uh, and the friends that we met, the young people, we were homeschooled. And I, I, oh, I never liked service. I ain't gonna lie. I Shout hated service. Shout out the homeschool. Shout out the homeschool. And we met so many people because we had a Jehovah's Witness homeschool circle. And it was Shout fun. Shout out the Seek. Shout out the Seek. I know. I remember Shout out the Seek. Yeah, for real, for real. Um, so that was my thing. And I remember the first time me and my older brother met double life young witnesses. This is when you come in. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> no, because... Uh, I'm not going to say their names, but it was two dark-skinned young brothers. And one is out right now. One is married. Actually, he's cool, really cool. And they were just cursing up a storm. And we were at a seat meeting. And we were, me and Quinn looked at each other. And he was like, dickhead, F you, da 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 And me and Quinn was like, whoa. <laughs> like, we never ran into nothing like this before. We thought all witnesses were like us. Because like, we, we legit didn't curse or nothing. Like We uh-huh. were kind of good witnesses. And we was like, whoa, this is a... Th- and they introduced to a whole circle of, uh, of double lifers. Wow. <laughs> These are people that like are, are baptized witnesses, but they they outwardly kind of live immoral lives, like by definition. Um, so when that we happened, I was like, want. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but after my baptism, I still was, I think, spiritual. I went to Mexico and, and got 90 hours for three months straight. And, you know, I had a good time with, you know, the association. Um, but then, you know, you grow up and you start thinking for yourself. And you, you stop letting your association and the first impression of your parents do your thinking. And you stop being satisfied with certain answers. And me, I always was a person asking questions, but I always suppressed them. Because I was like, Jehovah knows, or, you know, I, it'll, it'll just, I don't know, it'll just kind of work itself out. But when you're persistent. You're waiting on Jehovah. Yeah. And the thing is, and this is one thing, we even use this in the What the Bible Really Teach book, one of our publications we use to study with uh, people. One of the first chapters we say, why do adults stop asking questions? You know, adults, as kids, you grow up, you say, what is that? What does that mean? What does this mean? You get a certain age where you kind of let the questions go, and you just go about life. Kind of life takes you away from the questions. I didn't let life take me away from those questions. So I started planting seeds. Um, so I'm going to start off with my story. This is the middle story about my awakening. And I'm so gonna go before to you else. go, I want to say after my baptism, how I, you know, progressed. Oh, please. Oh, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, so I loved field service. Wow. But okay. I really, what I loved the most was giving parts on the school. I loved giving parts. You were really good. I definitely remember that. You were fire. Fire. You were fire. Yeah, you I had to be top three it. to me. I loved yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. She was top three. I, love, I just I gave her two for leeway, but I think she was top one. But just in case I'm forgetting, <laughs> she was top three, yeah. Yeah, I love giving parts on the school. I love the meetings. I love the friends. But um, going out with Karen, going out with Nat, the, their field service group was the bomb. We had book study back then in in their house and everything was just it was just yeah. nearly perfect we were together at that point right mm -hmm. Before i remember a little yeah. bit of that. okay all right yeah. cool so yeah. it was nearly perfect so i enjoy i really enjoy field service always had bible studies always had bible studies that progressed i've had a lot of bible studies that even progressed to baptism so yeah. I, I enjoyed it i really i really enjoyed it your, your personality is real yeah. authentic your personality is really real you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know you too well. I honestly don't. But, like, from the surface and from what I've observed and just my natural instinct, it seems like you have such a relatable personality. And that's me without really knowing what you've been through, for real, yeah. for real. That's why I forced yeah. myself into getting adopted by her. That's, oh, that's right. <laughs> Shout out to adoption. Well, I'm glad I'm here today because I don't think I ever, like, really, really knew you. I was mm -hmm. close with Tony. I yeah. was close with Verlin. Right. Shout out to Verlin. That's Shout my brother. <laughs> um, but I do remember on occasions when you would be around, and I'm going to agree with Tyrone, you were always, like, super authentic. You was always super real. I always felt like you had more to say, but I felt like you was kind of holding yeah. back. Yeah, I always got that feel, too. Definitely yeah. holding back. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Can I, I want to take advantage of your, your wisdom here. Um, obviously, uh, I know that you divorced from Mark, obviously, right? Mm hmm Okay, so to me this is a big deal. I think this is um this could be very interesting content. Um can you tell us you know as much as you want to because you ended up marrying someone we would deem worldly, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. That the I, friends love. Okay, okay. By the now, way, can I you remember that? that moment because you seemed really promoting in the relationship like you weren't holding back anything you know? i remember i remember even on facebook you were like oh i got the best you know husband that was cool and i was like man like <laughs> that, that planted some seeds to me like she's like happy so can you compare as as much as you can i know it's you know right, we wanna, right, don't yeah. want to disrespect anybody obviously right. just so the audience know obviously this is one perspective um and you know take it with a grain of salt however you want to do it but i, I want to know her thoughts 
Um, can you really give your suge- uh, your experience in a, a, a worldly person and a witness person? Mm-hmm. And w- what gave you kind of the guts to do go the worldly person? So my marriage was trash. Which one? The the, the second one or no marriage? Okay, yeah, okay. it was trash. It never should have happened. I was too young. Um, but being married to Carlos, shout out to Carlos. He watching. Oh, that's what's up. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, that's that's Carmen's dad. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. so it was fun. Yeah. So it was love without conditions, and he introduced me to traveling, and he. He gave me a different perspective. You know, it wasn't always I'm watching you and and if you do something I'm going to tell or it it wasn't him against me and teaming up. It wasn't a team of brothers because like with Mark like and and I'm not I'm going to stop saying his name. It's making me nauseous. Really quick, really quick. Um I just wanted the audience to make be made known that it's a big deal when you're Jehovah's witness and you marry somebody that's not a Jehovah's right. witness because it's mm-hmm. such it's so spoken it's against and frowned terrible, upon. Right. And so you could really get disciplined in a congregation if you choose to do so. But Sharon chose to do so. That's, so that's why I want her to elaborate on the different experience between right. a, a witness and a, and a worldly person is what we call them. The so biggest was, thing that they say is marry, marry only within the Lord. In the only Lord. Lord. Only in the Lord. But yeah, I was able to laugh. I had of his family. I was able to get close to a worldly family. And... It just was, it was fun. It was fun. It wasn't that he was with the brothers because if you do something and you have the men all together against the sister and the sister don't really have a say, like I finally had a say in my house. Mm. Um, It wasn't, um, he wasn't a Jehovah's Witness, but he used to come to the meetings. You know, everybody. He went to a convention one time or something. Yeah, he came to the conventions. He He used to be like, Girl, that's crazy. He used to always <laughs> ask me, what are you going to do if this system don't end in 2020? Or tw-? And I'd be like, it's going to end. I'm telling you, it's going to end. It's yeah. going to end. But yeah. he didn't have that 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 Anti- pressure. Okay, it wasn't okay. a wasn't, burden. Huh? It was a burden. Yeah, it was, yeah, burden is the, is the word. It wasn't a burden. We had fun. We had oh, fun. Oh, he didn't have the pressure towards you, right? Against the religion. Against the he religion. Just was like, okay. Well, and I'm we just never asking. celebrated. We never celebrated holidays. So he was very respectful of the religion. So we never celebrate Christmas. Like my kids, they they never had Christmas. They never had birthdays. None of that stuff. He was very respectful. You know, he was like, "Oh, she's a witness. I ain't got to buy her nothing for Christmas <laughs> yeah. or her birthday." I spoke on that before. But it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't a burden. And it yeah. was fun. It yeah. was fun. And I enjoyed the ride. Shout out to Carlos. Now, <laughs> was it a point where you were kind of, obviously you were hoping he would come in the organization, I obviously. did, yeah. At what point kind of, or was there ever a point where you was like, oh, that's, that's beating a dead horse? So I will tell you who impacted his life back then and even to this day. Nat Tonkins. Shout out to Nat Tonkins again. Even to this day. <laughs> Nat studied, they studied together. Um, but I, he just wasn't with it. He, he wasn't with the governing body. He, he did, he never agreed with that. He never agreed that it should be a group of men dictating what you should do down to the men. And he never Ooh, agreed. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm Carlos. Saying, oh, Carlos. Yeah, okay, Carlos. Okay, okay, okay. Carlos, no, no not Tonkins. Okay, okay. I mean, you never know now. But yeah, okay. right. But, right, but, yeah, but I got you. he never agreed. Carlos never agreed that the governing body should dictate to the circuit overseer, the district overseer, circuit overseer, down to the elders, down to the men, and the women were last. He never agreed with that. Okay. Never agreed with it. So I knew he wasn't going to. And then he, one thing, the blood issue mm. wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So I said, he, he not going. As a Jehovah's Witness, <laughs> uh, 
see, 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 and this is one thing. I, I want the PMOs, and we're going to talk more about that later, the physically and mentally out to know that there's good, sincere people outside good. of the yeah. organization. Um, there's good Christians outside of the organization mm-hmm. as well, meaning they follow the Bible. Um, how did you allow yourself to develop an interest with Carlos? Um, looking for companionship and friendship. Okay, so you went seeking. He is not like he's. You I wasn't eat. seeking. No, it just kind of happened. I wasn't seeking. Okay, it, okay. We work. We were working together, and it just kind of happened at work. And I was like, I don't okay. have nothing at home. Okay. And I was getting older. Okay. You know, I coming into my own okay and it just kind of happened we just developed a relationship and i was like we got to get married you know i was like we wow, got to get married yeah, we got to yeah. get married you know that's how the much thing. was he against that was he kind of he push- wasn't against it because we were together for five years before we got married what's his ethnicity cuban okay so do they have a and i, I don't want to sound prejudiced that's why i'm asking but do they have like a cultural background of like loyalty like long marriages or is that you know how stereotypically um, the Mexicans yeah, are like always married, right? Yeah, they but do. I know and, that's different cultures, by the way. I'm just saying. Give yeah, example. they do. And 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 like his for his instance, his mom she never remarried after she divorced. His aunt never remarried after they divorced. Mm. Um, they just they have long marriages, a really good family, yeah. and that's what drew me to really good family, so, tight, close knit family. So so he even could you even could say that he made you feel comfortable even about trusting him as far as his loyalty. Yep. That's super important. Yep. I feel like a lot of witnesses don't want to leave their wives in the same room with you. Did my wife look at you? Goodness gracious. But okay, yeah. that's pre- that's pretty reassuring. I think that's a big that's deal. A funny topic. Yeah. Um uh, Okay, <laughs> so so after that, obviously the marriage came to an end, right. obviously. Right. In which you uh, you married got, a brother. Uh, okay. Can you describe uh and obviously I'm I'm like I want her to express. I don't want to, but um, can you describe how that was and what your mental was coming from a, a, a worldly person to a, a, another brother? So I was not gonna get married again. I w- I was okay with just being, but this brother Michael Washington, I'll say his name. Okay. She said his full name. Um, too. Michael Bussey, <laughs> his government name. Um, he was a he was a he was a deep brother. And I was very deep. I was a deep spiritual sister, deep. I, I never wanted to stay on the surface. And I am telling you, this man swept me off my feet. With that Bible, oh, my God. He, wow. like a lawyer with the Bible, knew. Wow. Can you, can you tell us where Brother Washington came from? Because I, when, you, when, he, when you guys, I guess, were dating or whatever, right. and I remember him coming to the kingdom he hall. came but from a, i remember him also giving a talk like previous years before yeah, that and i yeah. kept saying i've seen him before yeah i've seen him what it, mm. what was his initial Where did so he, come he from? was this fellowship okay he was out for three years and he because he was married before too so he yeah. was this fellowship he was out he went to a french congregation so he was in french and then the the meetings changed mm-hmm. so he had to come back to english and he came back to glass matter Oh, so he came to Glassmatter before he even like had an interest. Uh, yeah, you I all never, had... I never knew him. I never, really? I never knew anything about him. His talks, nothing. Never knew him from a fly on the wall. Can I ask you something? I, I, and 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 I just really want to ask you this, just to give you the chance, uh, mm-hmm. to give you the option. If you, so, so what, can you speak on what happened exactly between the why you Carlos didn't work out? Like what was going on? Okay. <sighs> Shout out to Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of just 
separated. We okay. we we started going in different directions. I think um, Carlos had some some things that he had to work out, and I had some things that I had to work out mentally. Okay. Um, and we just it just didn't work. You okay. know, I wish it would have because we right now to this day we are we talk every single day in a group chat. People are surprised that we even divorced mm. because we get along. He go to my family functions. Mm. He just, he actually, um, I don't think he minds me saying this, but he had a heart attack about what, a month ago? Mm-hmm. And he stayed at my house to recover. Okay. So we yeah. get along so good, yeah. but it just didn't work with us being a married couple. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Okay. All right. I appreciate that explanation yeah. too. Um, so, so brother Washington, he was good with the scriptures. He was kind of deep. And and would you say that you? I mean, be honest with you. Did you go at him, or he kind of went at you? How did he, that work? He came at me. Okay, okay. He okay. came at and me. And this is in glass manner. In glass manner. Okay. Now in glass you... manner. And I didn't. I didn't um, push him away. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't push him away. Yeah, I yeah, fell. Right. This for the record. For the record, I ain't push him away. So, so, I fell hard for Brother Washington for, for, for Michael. Yeah. 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 So that kind of tells me how spiritual minded you are. If that was like the, if I mean, I'm sure one of many attractive qualities, like like him being like using a sword as a a sword. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say. He shared a scripture with me with my name in it, and mm. I'm a nurse. And the scripture was like, I think it was First Kings something, but it said, "And the nurse Sharon laid down and kept David warm." I said, "Oh my God!" Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. I said, "I never knew." My name is he's good. He's good. Deep. That's crazy. He's good. I never knew that. He's good. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Yeah, he is good. I was like, yes. Wow. I said, we gonna do it. I don't even care. We yeah. gonna make it work. Yeah. Okay. So he was deep. Yo, that's dope. So I'm gonna, um, <laughs> what I'm gonna do is, and I, and I know that probably you'll implement it in the rest of your story. We're gonna go to the ending part, guys. We're gonna go to what kind of led us to wake up and and decide to leave. Um, Imani, can I start with you? You cool with that? That's cool. That's cool. All right, I'll go after you. So it's, it may be a little weird, but I feel like it's full circle though. Okay. So it was my little sister who actually kind of, I want to say, sent me on that path. She was dealing with some personal things. I had to come to the rescue. At this time, technically, I was officially this, no, no, I wasn't even this fellowship yet. Um, after everything had went down with my sister and I realized the advice I was giving to my sister, like I wasn't applying it to myself personally. So that gave me the carriage to go ahead and face the brothers, oh. which is what I did. Uh, so you were telling your sister kind of like be the spiritual girl or get some help or whatever. Not necessarily be spiritual, but mm-hmm. like you said earlier, I've always had a, I would say I had a pretty great experience as being a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. When I would come to the elders about different things I was dealing with as a young person, like, I literally felt like they didn't judge me. I'm going to shout out Brother Tonkins again because he was always, nine times, between him and Craven, they were always the two elders I would come to with, like, personal things that I was dealing with. And they would give me some real feedback. Like, Mm -hmm. I felt like I was talking to real people, Mm -hmm. not somebody who was just going to read me some scriptures out of a Bible, but Mm -hmm. real people. So with that experience, that's what I was telling my sister. Whatever you're going through, at this time, Brother Tonkins wasn't around, so I'm I'm just like, yo, go to Craven. Like, tell him what you're feeling. Tell him mm-hmm. everything. Like, at the end of the day, like, you've been honest. You've been genuine. You've been authentic. They can't do nothing but respect you as long as that's what you've been. Mm-hmm. And when I thought back on it, because I had left, 
technically, I guess I was in I was inactive. Okay. Okay. Um, I was inactive. Meaning you just stopped coming to the meetings. Exactly. You didn't, like, I didn't yeah, have, you weren't yeah. kicked out. You just stopped showing I stopped up. Co- and it wasn't necessarily anybody didn't do anything to me. It yeah. was me. I was dealing with my own personal things. Yeah. So as I'm telling my sister to you know, go to the brothers, go to the brothers, I'm like, yo, I'm not even going to the brothers. Mm. Mm. So I decided to go to the brothers. Mm. And when I went to them, you know, I asked to be disfellowship because I felt like I needed some time by myself to figure me out. I think before I went to, I think, no, after I came out to meet with them, I called you on the phone. I was still in the parking lot and mm. I'm telling you, like, yo, I went to them and I'm talking to them. Yeah. And did they want to disfellowship you? That was the thing. No. Mm. It's another thing that, that made me, I'm not going to say, it didn't make me upset, but they brought in the people I just, I wish I had a whole different committee. Yeah. They brought in, <laughs> they brought in Craven. They brought in Moody. Oh, God. And Timothy Miller. Timothy Miller was like my brother. Yeah. Brother Moody was basically my father. Right. And then Craven was the guy I've been telling everything to. Yeah. So it was like, y'all did this. I felt like it was like some type of, like, to play on my emotions. But, wow. like, I held it together. And I'm just like, listen, like, this is what I need. And, you know, I told them everything I had been doing since I had been gone. I had been gone for, like, a year. Um, and to me, it still seemed like they was trying to find ways for me to like, no, just keep coming to the means. We're going to set you nice. up here. We're going to set you over there. And I'm like, nah. So then they told me, fellowship <laughs> me. Listen, I, I asked, I'm like, I need to be this fellowship. They told me, so we're going to send you out the room. And we're going to pray to, you know, for a decision. So I went out the room, and I'm sitting there like, I mean, I actually be this fellowship. Like, is there any other decision? I guess at that time, it's still supposed to be, like, Holy Spirit is right. God, and it's mm-hmm. me, or whatever. So, of course, they bring me back in. They tell me they're going to disfellowship me. I'm like, yeah, like. I didn't need no, y'all didn't have to pray for this. Like, we yeah. could have came this decision by ourselves. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so I was cool with that. So, wow. what kind of sent me on a different type of path is again, my sister came into some trouble. This is about six, seven months later. Mind you, at this time, I, have, I was probably announced. I had no contact with no Joe's including my mother or my sister. I'm afraid that my sister would contact me like every couple of weeks. She would say stuff like, Hey, Monty, are you okay? And I'd be like, Yeah, that was it. Yeah, two, three weeks. I'd be like, Hey, Anijah, are you Thanks okay? Too, and she would say, Yeah, right. So we just checking up on each other, making sure we still alive and breathing. Like, that's it. Like, no other conversation. My sister had gotten into some trouble. My mother had called me, and that's the first time I heard from my mother since I had been disfellowshipped. Mm-hmm. So when I'm looking at the phone, I'm like, something ain't right. Mm-hmm. So I pick up the phone. My mother is going crazy about what's going on with my sister. And that sent me on a weird path for about a week. Mm-hmm. When I came back, I was under so much press, uh, pressure, stress. I went over to my mother's house. And when I knocked on the door, <laughs> she, like, opened the door a little bit, but, like, it was it was weird. Like the whole vibe was just mm-hmm. weird. Yeah. It was like you was about to get her a subpoena or something. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like from your whole flesh and blood. Had, had the little oh, lock chain on the door exactly. so, it, so you couldn't this bust in. Like. Right. So she opened the door after I had announced it's me and Simani. 
She opened the door. She creaked a little bit. I said, yeah, um, is, is, can you talk? Is Anaja there? And she's like, yeah, she's here. And I was like, okay, well, can you talk? And she was like, Mom, you know you're not supposed to be here. So I said, I understand that. But um, I'm here as your daughter trying to have a conversation about my sister because I feel like there's more that needs to be said. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, I was only there for the well-being of my sister, right. nothing yeah. else. Yeah, I understand. My mother wasn't having it. So I ended up, like, pushing the door open. I invited myself in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and... As I'm writing myself, and my mom keeps saying, Imani, you're not supposed to be here. And she was saying something about the brothers this and the brothers that and Jehovah this and Jehovah that. I said, listen, I said, I'm not here about Jehovah. I'm not here about the brothers. We can deal with that later. I'm here about my sister. Mm -hmm. And she's at how old at this point? Right? At this point, and I was, she had just turned, no, she was 15. 15 I think, she right? was 15 at this point. I'm here yeah. about my sister. She didn't. She never asked why. She never asked what was going on. She never asked what brought you here. Mind you, this is almost a year later that you hadn't heard anything from me except when you called my phone asking me what it like about my sister mm -hmm. i'm bringing it i'm yeah. bringing it back to you so 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 mm -hmm. mind you uh, for the audience so imani is like was under the status of this fellowship at this point in which like we talked about earlier no one is supposed to talk to her that's a part of the jehovah's witness organization so we come to find out her mom called her in regards to her sister but seemingly now imani can't approach her mom about the same uh the same priority um which to, in my opinion is, is hypocritical but i'm not pr trying to personalize it i think it's just it just comes with the indoctrination um unfortunately um but yeah so that turned you off obviously that was a turn off because it didn't make any sense it, right it didn't right? and that for me that was my first like i had heard like my so for the people out there my mother is the only joe's witness in my family so like her sisters i have two aunts but grandmother i have like uh first cousins that i would say we're, we're we're pretty close so i never got to hear from them like their perspective of how they viewed my mother or how they viewed yeah. us growing up but it, you know you get the vibes you get the looks you kind of know they yeah. probably think we a little off right yeah. so when my mom acting the way she was acting towards me at this time i at that point i kind of felt like yo this is probably how my aunt feels this is how my mm. cousin feels because you mm. acting super weird and I'm only coming here to talk about your daughter. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like nothing else. Right, Just right. your daughter. That whole conversation, it went left. It went from, I literally told my mother, I said, listen, if you don't feel comfortable with talking to me or having a conversation about my sister, I said, listen, you can call Brother Craven. You can call Brother Porter. Whoever is in Glass Manor, call him right now. I said, I will sit here. If you feel comfortable with them sitting in the chair, Regulating the conversation, that's cool. But my only concern is the well-being of my sister. She took it left field. Obviously, she never called the brothers. Mm -hmm. um, but what I got from that conversation, because um, I ended up calling my sister out. Um, she came and sat down, and I was asking my sister some things that she had confided in me. Because at that point, I felt like I was being played, like I was the middleman. Mm -hmm. Because my sister was telling me that basically she what she said was, um, my mother, and she just said the brothers were telling her that I was brainwashing her. My sister was with me for about a, she was with me for about a week. She told me that they told her I was brainwashing her. And I'm sitting there like, 
but the whole time you was with me, all I was telling, I was encouraging you to talk to the brothers. Mm, Even yeah. though I may have had my own personal, gra- I was telling you to go to them with whatever you felt like you needed to go to them about. Mm-hmm. So how in turn could they take that and swap it? But I wasn't sure if it was my sister just saying it to get me riled up or was she really saying it? Saying what she heard. So yeah. in the midst of that, my sister comes out and says, well, your mom said that you were an apostate. And that threw me for a complete loop because yeah. up until this point, you were all in, right? I was disfellowship, but I was still all in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember speaking to you, uh, and, and, and uh, an apostate has two definitions. If you go by the the the, the dictionary, uh, Miriam's definition, definition mm-hmm. and the Jehovah's Witness definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jehovah's definition, Jehovah's Witnesses definition for apostate is someone that speaks against. Jehovah or someone that speaks against Actively the Jehovah's organization the governing body. and yeah in turn speaking against Jehovah because they they use that interchangeably the governing body or the rulers of Jehovah's Witness organization and Jehovah you know but the, the world's definition is someone who renounces their religion mm-hmm. um, so you can renounce your religion but still be a follower of God you just don't think that religion is the right. way to God so I came in the truth as an apostate because I was a Baptist oh wow so yeah yeah so okay you so you were like yeah like the the Miriam's definition of a uh, apostate, oh, was apostate. Yeah. There um, you go. and I remember Imani talking to Imani at this time and she was all in like she at this point she didn't never question and I think I at least questioned it more to her but I just didn't do my research <laughs> no you did oh really and 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 so she and I, she she can't can you do like talk about like what kind of make you kind of look into the actual doctrination of witnesses after it that. was i mean honestly it was after my mother told well after my sister had said that my mother had told her that i was an apostate and at this point like i like stopped the conversation i'm like yo she lying she obviously she lying and the jehovah's witness organization real quick really calling someone apostate is like calling a black person a nigga yeah it is that's the worst thing you could be called <laughs> as a jehovah's witness you know what i'm that's saying that's the worst um but yeah go ahead uh, yeah mind. so i'm i'm looking for my mother to you know say today no no that's not what i said you misheard me no nah. mm. my mother then looks at my sister and says well why would you tell her that? And I oh said, so, Mom, I said, so you told my 15-year-old sister that I was an apostate? I said, well, why do you think I'm an apostate? Like, why do you have these thoughts in your head? I said, because you haven't talked to me at all. Because, once again, an apostate, Jehovah's Witness definition, is somebody who's talking down on a religion. Mm-hmm. What have you heard from me personally yeah. where I'm talking down on, this, on the Jehovah's Witness religion? Right, right. I had never done that. Yeah. I always thought it was something wrong with me. Yeah, and I remember talking to you about it. Yeah, like, and I, you expressed I literally it to thought it was something wrong with me. Like, yeah. I need to be fixed. Like, mm. maybe it's not for me, but I remember if I ever had kids, this is what I would raise my kids mm-hmm. as Jehovah's Witnesses mm-hmm. because even though I don't think I could be a Jehovah's Witness, my kids got to know the truth. This yeah. is the truth. Yeah, they can make the decision on their own, but this is it. Ain't yeah. nothing else. Yeah. But and so so, but look though. But after that though, when did you come to me with that crisis of conscience book? Like like, what led you to that? That was so. That was for like 30, 30, 30, 40 days later, right? So after I left my mother's house that night, I ain't gonna lie. I looked up apostate in Webster's dictionary, uh-huh. and then compared it to Jehovah's Witness version yeah. of what an apostate was. That kind of calmed me a little bit. I'm like, oh, so it's really not that bad. Honestly, when you look at it like that, so in reality, but, you were you were. Webster. Pushed into being an apostate. <laughs> I really was. Mom? When because you had and, no clue about it. I probably had never gone on yeah. that looking, researching. 
I probably wouldn't have to be quite honest with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Because that's not what I was looking to do. I didn't have a great against mm-hmm. how I was raised. Yeah. I enjoyed it. You clearly had a great. You clearly had a great bring, I upbringing it. in the organization. But once I started doing that research. I didn't enjoy the things that I was finding. Yeah. And that's when I had came to you. With the because yeah. I don't think we weren't like super, super close. Yeah, we weren't super close, but we, we had... Were, we, we had conversations. Yeah, yeah, we and, had understanding, I think. Yeah, and, and I yeah, really enjoyed like, it. And yeah. our conversations, like, I feel like, I always felt like I was comfortable with talking to you. Yeah. And I feel like it was vice versa. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it always stayed wherever we were. It, yeah. I, it never left. Exactly, So, yeah. when I was going through this period... Tyrone was one of the first, I think he probably was the first person I reached out to, just to bounce ideas off of, mm-hmm. to see what he thought, what he would say, because once again, he's always been pushing the envelope ever since we was little. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I, I was came defending to my butt off, I was trying, I was fighting, I was like, nah, I got something for you too, I, came to I got something for that too, I got this for that. <laughs> and I'm asking him questions, and I will never forget, if I don't remember anything out of the conversation from that night with Tyrone. I remember asking him what made him continue to come back or what made him stay. And he said, you know what, Imani, it's not the doctrines, it's not the friends. What he told me was being a Jehovah's Witness made him a better person. Mm -hmm. And for that, I could never, like, if it makes you a better person, I'm cool with that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was real. Yeah, that's what Carlos up. used to say all the time. Yeah. If it make you a better person, then go for it. See, yeah. And I want to get into like, and um, I don't want to run too late. You're fine. I just don't want to. I want to make sure that you're able to leave if you're able if you want to okay. leave. It. All right, but I want to get into your story next so that I could give you that chance. If mm-hmm. you, um, but I definitely want to hear it. But um, can you describe your? I know you said last year was your last meeting. Prior to that, was there any like eyebrows raised or you know? And how much did your marriage kind of contribute to that? Uh, well, I will tell you, um, being married to Michael was, at first, it was amazing. Because I had the dream, because I wanted to be a, a witness wife. Yeah, yeah. It was perfect. Mm. Austin will tell you. <laughs> when I say loved somebody, it was almost worship. Wow. Um, but he was abusive. Uh, After about three years, it was very abusive. Spiritually, mentally, physically, very oh, abusive. Man. Yeah, I had no clue, clue of that. Yeah, no that. one did because I didn't say anything either. And that's another thing. You keep everything inside, right? And you mm. hope and you pray that things will get better. Dang. But I still, even with that, it was all forgiveness because I wanted it to work. I said, Jehovah will bless this. We trying to do the right thing. I'm listening to everything that he tells me, you know, thinking that I was doing the right thing, but my kids were there. His kids were there and everybody saw it. It was affecting me um, physically and I didn't realize it. So that was an eye opener because the brothers knew, two brothers knew, and they didn't do anything about it. They didn't say anything. Two brothers knew, like, from you? or like They knew from me because I had to say something because I kept ending up in the hospital. So I had to say something. It's okay. I'm I'm healed. No, 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 no. Keep it upbeat. I'm okay. Okay, okay, okay. Um, (laughs) So so I I confided in two brothers, and I told them, you know, that what was going on. Yeah. Um, And he wasn't disciplined for it. Why? The two witness rule? 
No, he, he... Well, you had proof. You had evidence. Yeah, of course. So, but he wasn't disciplined for it. Why, though? That's, that's my question. We still they asking that them. to this day. But hold on, hold on, hold that's on. My, but but look, the look. thing about it is women... And I know it happened to another sister when I was younger. And I, I thought about her because I saw her change throughout my years. I saw this sister. She was a beautiful sister. And I literally saw her change. She was in our congregation. I'm not going to say her name out of respect okay. for her. Um... But I saw her change to like an old bag lady looking lady. And then I, I said her husband was abusing her because I was in the same situation and I started to physically change too. So look though, okay, let me let me ask the obvious question. So so we when you say that you two people you told two people mm -hmm. I don't get it. How how can they not have done something? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. I, how but I'm they, saying what was they you. saying though? Like they when you they said, talked to both of us and they told him to stop. And they told him to stop. Yeah. Did he stop? Stop. Did he stop? No, though? he didn't stop. Okay, so at that point, did you go to them again? In glass manor no, no, we left, left. We left Egypt. So, so where we, was in South, <laughs> we was in South Alexandria. So you understand my confusion a little bit I, here, right? It's very, it's very hurtful, and it's very... It bothered me when I woke up. So why didn't they? That's my question. Why didn't they do anything? Why wasn't and he disciplined? Audience, I'm not victim blame. I'm trying to get down to it. I, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. ask the obvious question. Did you go to a higher circuit overseer? I went to there? two elders. I know, but I mean, after they didn't do anything, did no, you? No, I didn't. No okay, way. Because okay. you don't speak I'm not judging your you for husband, it. Right. I'm not No, no, you no. I'm what not, I'm, I'm saying, really... as a sister, you don't speak against your husband because I didn't want to cause any problems in the congregation. I just was like, this guy is going to kill me and I need to say something. Maybe Holy Spirit can stop it and we can go back to what we were before. All right. So Woody. that was my whole yeah. reason why I didn't press the issue. Okay. Okay. And quick, I, uh, so to, to, to your question, who you are in the congregation as far as likability, status, uh, uh, history known to the congregation. All of that plays a, a factor um, into whether you're going to get in trouble for something. Right. Like, I literally got told, all right, well, we're just going to we're going to check on you to make sure you're OK for this for divulging the same information that one of my friends in his congregation got disfellowshipped for. I understand. So when it comes, I'm not saying this is exactly what happened, but it's very plausible that he was well liked yeah they liked him and okay, therefore yeah. they were less inclined to punish because of what it would make him look like publicly yeah. i mean i can't help how but it would tatter his, I, I can't help but his uh um how he looked public yeah, in the public yeah. eye, you yeah. know what I'm his reputation right his reputation yeah. okay so with that being said and and Look, I, I know that some women can attest to just kind of having to be quiet. After. I yeah. know that, you know, but I'm asking it just to ask the obvious question. Right. What I want to know is, from your observation, from your intellect, what do you think led to that from such a seemingly spiritual-minded man? And how long did you kind of say, no, nah, it's not. It's How long did you kind of tell yourself, oh, no, nah, he's going to change or whatever? So like, you said seemingly. So a person can only fake for so long. And then they become who they really are. So he just became who he really was because he did the same thing to his wife before me. Okay. Now, mind you, I told you I had no idea about him. I didn't know his history, didn't know nothing about mm -hmm. him. I just saw him as face value. Mm -hmm. But that kind of 
shook me a little bit now for those brothers i will say they met with us again and when they met with us they really saw his anger because see now i had exposed a secret that was going on and now he, they had was looking at him sideways mm -hmm. but he wasn't he wasn't disciplined at all for it because i just i guess i didn't press the issue okay okay you know, so okay. they was like, okay, well, but I'll say when I set, when I left him, I separated. Um, they never sat down to ask me, are you okay? Never. Do you need anything? How you doing? Never no shepherding visit. Yeah. And I was like, wow. You were probably fighting the uphill battle. Like he probably, you were fighting his already established reputation. Like yeah. they already gave him the benefit of the doubt. Probably. Right. And right. this was that you moved to his congregation, right? No, we actually moved. No, he wasn't even welcome in his own congregation. So we moved to South Alexandria to just start fresh and new. Mind you, oh. I was so naive and so not who I am as a strong woman today. I was okay. so naive and I listened to everything that he told me. Oh. I followed and my, my daughter will attest whatever he said, that's how it was. Oh, okay, okay. All right. So, so you were still really a, spiritually minded. Oh, you were still wanted to do the right absolutely. thing. Absolutely. You still wanted to obey the 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 uh the hierarchy. Or absolutely. The... Okay. And okay. I loved the congregation. Yeah. And I said, I don't want to be the one to cause any problems and besides they not doing nothing about this anyway. Mm -hmm. Like they, they never did anything about it. Yeah. And right now to this day he remarried and he's still in good standing and I'm disfellowship. Oh so Oh. But that kind of made me say that was one of the things I said. That's not that's not right because you have clear evidence. It's not even a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no question about it, and he's in good standing. And you meet with me, but it's for a judicial meeting. What you was your what charge though? Um, I had an entanglement. Okay, 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 <laughs> okay, all right, all right. okay, okay, okay. And all right, um, all right. no, no, but no. Let me let me clarify. <laughs> Let me just say this. Let me just say. Let me say yeah. this. Let me say okay. this. That brother wasn't disfellowship either, and he's in South Alexandria. Oh, uh, really? So, okay. and, and 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 it it happened one time, one and a half. Something, yeah, but sometimes. And, and and he wasn't disfellowship though. This is what I'm saying. In the committee, when you talked about the committee, the committee that I had sucked. Okay. They did, one brother didn't like me. One brother was a newbie, and one brother was so spiritual, and I love him to this day. Love him, love him, love him to this day, and I respect him as a man and the elder that he, like the the idea of the elder, mm -hmm. what it's supposed to be. He is that. Mm -hmm. It was that one brother. What is what is his name? I'll the white brother, um, brother Sutter. Okay, okay, oh, shout right, out right. to Brother Sutter. I hope you're not watching this, but if you are, yeah, he shouldn't be this far into it if he is. Shout right. out to Brother yeah. Sutter. He shouldn't be at this okay. point if okay. he is. So that, 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 that right there really messed me up. It was the, the abuse that I received in my spiritual marriage, the disfellowshipping of me and not Sanjay Moore. He wasn't mm. disfellowshipped. Mm. And the generation teaching and the watchtower. <laughs> just took me out now let me ask you something about the the the, the more guy was yeah. he disciplined in the past because because admittedly just like i have you have been disciplined in the past do you feel like right. that was an effect to why he might not have um the fellowship? i think he was disciplined in the past okay. but like i said we had a really good congregation and when i say i was remorseful for what happened 
I immediately apologized. Yeah. I thought about committing suicide. I felt so bad. I cried for three months. Three months straight. I lost so much weight. I was physically sick from being spiritually sick. Mm. And they disfellowshipped me. Mm. And I'm like, what in the hell? That's not supposed to happen. Yeah. Like, I'm literally... But but they wanted they 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 didn't even disfellowship me for the entanglement. Mm. They didn't disfellowship me because I wasn't being cooperative. Because they mm. were asking me questions I didn't think they needed to know. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah and that's yeah. what I said. They made up something new for now. me. They right. told me, but they was asking me questions. I I can't answer these questions. It doesn't matter. It's not right. going to change what was already done. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, so, very invasive. Yeah, very invasive. And yeah, three yeah, men, yeah. men, you don't yeah. want to talk about stuff like that with men who you don't really care. I for. totally understand. And, and while you're out, while you're this fellowship, and I remember they used to talk to this fellowship people kind of regularly. They talked to me, but they when did I, talk to me. Like a, a, no, like no, no. Like right after that, brother Sutter would say, come and sit, because I didn't say anything. Then the next day, I sent them all of the text messages mm-hmm. and everything that Sanjay, that we had exchanged back and forth. So they was kind of like, damn, we messed this one up. Mm-hmm. So I, that's how I felt, because they was like, well, Brother Sutter was like, come and sit with me and my family. And I was like, oh, they must not going to As a Yeah, this was like the next meeting. Oh, so this is before you were announced, though. And even after I was announced. Because my- I went for three, I was going to write my letter after two weeks. Okay, okay. It was to come that, back? Yeah! It was that loving. It was, they were so loved. The congregation as a whole, outside of the one brother who didn't care for me, the congregation as a whole was so loving, and I loved every bit of the congregation. Yeah. All of the friends, I just loved it. I loved it. I loved it. That's a privilege because, look, I, including me, I, I, and I remember when the rules changed. I guess they got something new updated in the Shepherd the Flock book. They did. I read it. They didn't. They didn't talk to me about nothing spiritual. I had to come with. The, and, and I, I even when I came to them, they said you got to be put your letter in. I was like, oh yeah, I can't talk to this fellowship niggas yeah. anymore. I was like, oh, I, I, was didn't, like, I didn't. Yeah, that was me but too. But that told me that according to that principle, you can establish a relationship with Jehovah on your own. Then, yeah. If you can't associate with the congregation, then it's possible to establish according to what they saying a relationship with Jehovah on your own. So you don't need the meetings. You don't, right. It's good as to have As long as you do it through their publications. publications. Like, go into your, your, your waking up story. <laughs> their right? publications is the key word. Their publications. <laughs> uh, so my waking up story starts, and, and I say waking up, obviously, as I've established, I was never deeply indoctrinated. <laughs> you woke. Look at her shirt. Uh, Stay woke. <laughs> hey, woke. Uh, yeah. But... When it comes to, like, just being perfectly fine with living a double life and not really caring, um, I was in and out. So, it started two years after I was baptized. Got baptized at 14. At 16, my mom died. Mm. Uh, And once my mom died, I moved back to Maryland to be with the family that was up here. Uh, But in the congregation... Keep in mind, this is a congregation that known me since I was like fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like the congregation was there for everybody in my family except me. Mm. Nobody ever sat down and talked to me about how I felt, how it affected me, if I was okay. Mm. Um, nobody really cared to me. And I'm talking like family and all. Like nobody has ever, still to this day. 
has ever like the only time anybody in my family even talked to me about it is when I exposed the fact that I had depression and they never knew that because I never showed it mm. because I didn't see the point in showing how I truly felt to people who didn't care. Mm. So since nobody yeah. would ever take the time to talk to me and the only people that ever did weren't witnesses. So I have friends in school, some of which who I'm still friends with to this day. Um, and then I had a couple teachers, a teacher and a guidance counselor. Shout out Miss Diggs. She's the best teacher I ever had in my life. Um, she pretty much adopted me too. She was like a second mom yeah. as well. Um, mm. But the only people that actually took the time to see how I was feeling, to hear me express my thoughts, to encourage me to to express myself, like because you know I always wrote poems and songs. Mm. They they encouraged me to do that to get it out. Um, None of those people that ever cared were witnesses. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie, that, that's that's, that's, that's freaking sad to hear, man. I, I um, yeah. Sorry, I got distracted by something. Uh, um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's where it started, and then from there, I was just like, well, it really don't matter. I can like, effort. I do whatever I want. Um, then I ended up talking to this worldly girl mm-hmm. from Kansas City. Um, she was like the first, per- first like female to like really take interest into how I actually felt, you know, about my mom dying and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up dating her, uh, falling in love. I'm a lover boy. That's what I do. <laughs> falling in love, like running away, getting caught, having to come back cause I wasn't 18 yet. Then going again, messing around with her, like, sexually. Mm-hmm. And then after, like, two years of that, of being with her in Kansas City, I came back and got disfellowshipped because I went to the brothers, told them everything I had done over the last so and so years. Yeah. I had like, been reproved about anyway, it before. We <laughs> well, I had been reproved for messing with her before. Okay, okay. And then I left again. So wait, wait, wait. So what you're telling me is all you had to do was switch the names up and you would have got reproved again? And so probably. I'd have probably been straight if I didn't, you know, yeah. admit that. But I couldn't because it was one brother in that hall, him and his wife, Doug and Carla Brooks. They literally went on my Facebook and had screenshots of See. everything I had posted <laughs> on Facebook for the last two years. No. My tattoos. My ear piercings, me being with the girl, raising the, the kid. They had everything that I put on my Facebook for the past two years and gave it to the brothers when they knew I was in a judicial meeting, like behind my back. I don't switch names. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I tell it how it is. Um, Yeah, gave it to the brothers. So I go into the meeting with the brothers. I had told them. What I wanted to tell them. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and then they had these like papers saying, no. so are you sure you've told us everything? Right. Oh, I was like, God. yeah. Yeah, I told you everything. Yeah, yeah. And they was like, they give, you, they give you that chance. So what about this? Oh, and then I'm man. like, listen, man. <laughs> okay. Sure. You got me. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and Okay. So Sherrod, they had it in for my grandfather. 
Reminder, my grandfather was the coordinator slash providing, uh, pre, uh, presiding overseer my entire life. They didn't like that. Mm. I, I don't know why, but they didn't like him wherever, in the position he was in for some reason. Maybe their own aspirations. But they literally, because when I was this fellowship, my, my grandparents let me continue to live with them because I was working to come back. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Right? I was working to come back. And those same brothers tried to use the fact that my grandparents let me live with them to get my grandfather removed. Yeah, I'm sure. And it took the uh, the circuit overseer, Brother Humor. Shout out to Humor. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Wait, our Humor? Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah we had the same. Yeah, we had the same overseer. He wasn't that funny. Um, <laughs> no, his humor was completely dry. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It yeah. was. Parted red sea drive. <laughs> <laughs> he but, came out the henny. He wasn't that funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. Man. But he was a nice guy. I he was it. really good. And he literally came in and was like, are y'all kidding me? Did, have y'all not heard of the prodigal son? So you'd rather they throw their grandson out on the street than help him come back. That's not happening. We're not removing him. Right? So they, let me say. So eventually I come back. I'm reinstated. I came back because at that time in my mind, it was, I'm not going to see my mom again if I don't come back. Mm-hmm. I won't make it into paradise. Yeah, I won't see one. my mom when she gets resurrected. Because when she died, she had come back. And she was mm-hmm. living according She's in good to, standing, yeah. you know. Yeah, she was in good standing. Yeah, that's 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 a freaking thing that they, they take for a lot of people. It's, 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 it sucks, man. It sucks when they dangle that. And you feel that guilt. You want to see, obviously, your loved ones mm-hmm. again. And yeah, you want to yeah. be the good guy. And it's the, the qualities of what they call fog that a lot of what they claim to be cults use is uh, uh, fear, obligation, and guilt. Fog. Um, mm-hmm. It's a reoccurring theme in all cults, you know. Um, yeah. I still personally haven't concluded if I want to call it that, to be honest with you, but it has cult-like qualities for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. They, uh, so I came back, and when I came back, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this the right way this time. Mm, yeah. I'm going to do it the right way. I'm not going to lead a double life. I'm not going to, like, nothing. So I cut off almost all of my friends because they weren't witnesses. Mm. Right? And had to make all new friends. Right. The funniest part about that, and this is goes to when I was like, oh, okay, it really don't matter whether mm-hmm. I take this serious or not. So after X amount of time, I was allowed to regular pioneer. I started making new friends, right? I, I'm in East Waldorf at the time, at, at this point, mm-hmm. I started making new friends. So, and some, some dope people that I love to this day, the, uh, yeah. Victoria, Brianna Daggett, mm-hmm. love them to death. They're like baby sisters to me. Uh, y'all know, y'all know the Irwins. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I do. I love Loved them. Yeah. Like Sharif was Shout probably my Irwins. biggest Shout support ever. Like Sharif is like my biggest support. See my story. They're gonna be like, what in the heck? I know <laughs> this I is gonna Irwins. be bad, bro. Oh, this is gonna be God, bad. This is gonna hurt them a lot. I know. I know. But, but Sharif, and yeah. then um, uh, what's the name too? Um, I can't remember. But anyway, so I'm regular pioneer. All this good stuff. But then. As I'm starting to hang out with this new group of friends, I realize 
Okay, so I, not I realized I was an asshole. That's because that's just <laughs> this is what I had. Like I literally fried everybody. I had my exempt uh, list, like my baby sisters, yeah. Victoria, Brianna. They were on the exempt list. Some other people on the exempt list, but other than that, I was an asshole to everybody. And then one day, somebody told, said something to me that, you know, they feelings was hurt or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to change. I'm going to be a good Christian. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be loving and encouraging. And then I stopped getting invited. <laughs> uh, Blacklisted. Uh, I said, oh, y'all just wanted the asshole. Like, y'all just want an asshole in your circle. Because y'all are being good Christians. Y'all need somebody that could be the bad guy. So you stopped getting invited. Do you feel like because you weren't like fun anymore because or something? I stopped being mean. I was being nice. I wasn't making fun of people. I was being encouraging. I was I was that, you know. He was exhibiting what is it? Is I was exhibiting attributes? Christian qualities. <laughs> How many attributes is yeah, that? Yeah. 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 Okay, so but you were in the organization still though. What happened to uh, what led you to kind of So So that made me realize that it like living the the right Christian lifestyle according to the governing body wasn't what really mattered in the day to day. Right? Okay. So then I was just like, forget it, I'ma just do me. So I was doing me still and still progressing and I was like, Okay, they just gotta like you. Mm-hmm. People just gotta like you for you to get mm-hmm. by in this organization. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, I'm giving talks, praying for the congregation, yeah. taking the group out in field service, yeah. doing everything. They just got to like you. So once I realized that, it was kind of like, all right. It was another watered down religion. Too. Yeah, it was just yeah. another religion, yeah. right? And then one day, one of my friends from Florida sent me the Australian Royal Commission, <laughs> oh, God, which geez. that set her off. Yeah. Me, I wasn't happy about it because I'm sensitive when it comes to kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it rubbed me the wrong way, and I had questions and everything about it. But it wasn't that necessarily that that took me out. I thought about it, but I was like, nah, there's answers to these questions. Yeah. So I went, talked to some, some elders, my grandfather and my grandmother, Got answers that, to me, sufficed. And I was like, all right, whatever. Um, But from that point, I never took it seriously as well. Then, I... Because in 2017, I didn't pay attention to the article. Mm -hmm. But now it's 2018, 2019. No, 2018. Summer 2018. And I'm like... Wait a second. (laughs) Because the governing body the, the put February out an article. 2017, that's the one that caught me up. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Finish, yeah. Finish, so so there's a Watchtower article in which the governing <laughs> the body says they are not inspired, inspired nor, nor infallible. infallible. Yeah. Which means they They're are just like me. everyday niggas yeah. <laughs> like me and everyone in this room Yeah. interpreting the Bible and passing it. down what they decide is the right answer. Yeah. That is when I was like, nah. yeah, nah, bro. If that's the case, let me in. Yeah. I'm a quote Because I feel article. like I could really give some great insight into yeah. what it's really like to live this life. And I'm a quote from that article. That's a good segue. February 2017, um, study edition, page 26. The title article is, um, the study article is, Who is Leading God's People Today? 
and I quote, it says, The governing body is neither inspired nor infallible. Therefore, it can err in doctrin doctrinal matters or in organizational direction. In fact, the Watchtower Publications Index includes the headings, Beliefs Clarified, which lists adjustments in our, adjustments in our scriptural understanding since 1870. Um, if you look up Beliefs Clarified on, on Watchtower Library right now, It'll list a whole bunch of clarification scripturally that is impossible to keep up with. But look, though, I just want people yeah. to notice that it says the governing body is neither inspired or infallible. I just want to speak on this a little bit. The reason why that's so shocking to active witnesses, if you tell an active witness that now, they'll get defensive and say, mm -hmm. no, they're inspired. Mm -hmm. The reason why this isn't so obvious is because, one, they don't act like it. And two, they play word games because they still say they're guided by Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. This is why they could claim they're guided by Holy Spirit, because they know that people could agree that the scriptures were written, inspired, and Holy Spirit was involved with the scriptures. Even though the they, Bible was voted on. So they say that. So they say that since we, uh, since we are taking the Holy Spirit, the scriptures that were made from Holy Spirit, we're guided by Holy Spirit, and they use that interchangeably. So no one really knows the difference. That's slick. They hear that as we're being talked to. We're, you know, we. But um, they'll say stuff like that, and then and they'll make implications that they're actively being talked to. One implication that they do make, this is just one of many examples. Trust me, I didn't have time to do all, everything. And, the, and I want to do a recent example. The convention of this year, um, the last talk was Brother Splain. And he said, do you think, I quote, do you think Jehovah has been preparing us for something like this pandemic? When the theme for this convention was being chosen, there was no coronavirus on the horizon. Yet, can you think of a better theme for a convention than this one? Joy. Okay, first of all, yes, I could think of a better theme than, um, than joy. Okay. I mean, really? Endurance, forever showing love. Like, finishing they already did those a couple years ago. But, but, <laughs> but by him saying his theme was chosen, you know, however long ago, and coincidentally, he's implying that they're prophetically being yeah. scouted by they that. do that a lot they though. do that a lot in Trust all me, the watchtowers coming up yeah. and everything they yeah. always say oh we could have never known that aids was gonna pop yeah. and look right. here we are talking about washing your hands and in being the very healthy. same talk they use the jw broadcast an example uh for them having some type of spiritual enlightenment when that's freaking technology everything is being digitalized more like that's you not being an old hit that's you evolving right um in my opinion it's such a safe thing to uh rely on um but like for me really quick um uh even though the lymph isn't that bad but i'm gonna just tell y'all really quick my story yeah, waking up you don't even gotta worry about that you good to Brief, go briefly um so i, I was i was I, i'm a i'm a nerd i'm a geek i love history and I'd never lived a double life, and, and like like to an extent, I had made my mistakes, but I never was a double lifer, in my opinion. I got into trouble a couple of times, came back, I was a good boy. Uh, I actually came back the right way two times, in which I did what I was supposed to do and did the right thing, and I would be studying throughout the whole time. All right, cool. I enjoyed the meetings. I enjoyed what I was learning. Um, it got to a point where I wanted more than what the meetings gave me. All right. So this is when I kind of started waking up. I used to prepare for every meeting extensively. Mm -hmm. All the theocratic ministry school books, the Bible highlights. I used to do the scripture index, which explains each scripture. Um, mind you, obviously, there were a little bit of warnings as I was going um, that I was kind of like, eh, I think that's a reach, but I'll keep it going. But I got to a point where I just couldn't ignore some of the stuff anymore. And so what I started doing was. I started reading every scripture and wanting an answer for every scripture. 
no apostate stuff and nothing like that. Just me reading. And I used JW.org and I used Watchtower Library. And I got to a point where some scriptures they kept skipping. I'm like, what? Well, what do they think about this scripture? Mm-hmm. So I went to an outside source. I went to Google and I would look at what people thought oh. this scripture meant. Yeah. <laughs> but mind you, I know, right? I did this for a long time while applying it to the meetings and commenting right. on it. I would remember I was saying Hebrew words and I was like, this actually means this word. And I see the elders like, where'd he get that from? And I'm like, bro, just. And so then. Google it. <laughs> I met this guy, not met this guy, but I ran upon this guy named Bob Utley. He's a Christian guy who has a Bible commentary. I religiously used him to study for the Jehovah's Witness meeting and apply the comments. <laughs> Me too. I'm an active Me witness. Too. Even to this, right now, I'm an active witness. Like, I'm a, officially on paper. I'm, I'm not, not active, but I'm a witness on paper. Yeah. So I'm commenting and everything like that. And I'm listening to this guy, but then he gets to 607 BCE. Uh-oh. And he gets to Daniel chapter 4, which the organization uses as a, a double prophecy. Even though we know that they've done away with the antitypes or double prophecies in mm-hmm. 2014, mm-hmm. but they kept this one. They said, well, this is the one that means a double prophecy. The Daniel chapter 4 means Nebuchadnezzar was to be out in the world for 70 years or 70 times and also 70 mm-hmm. times to lead to the end. So I said, hold on, hold on. As a realistic person, really, real talk, how can I listen to Bob Utley and shut down immediately when something disagrees with the organization. Mm-hmm. That really isn't reasonable. I'm not giving an unbiased. Now I'm just looking for confirmation for right. what the, which isn't fair to my brain and in my curiosity. Once I did the 607 research, and I realized the historians that the society acknowledge, and then the ones that they skip, even though some are from the same source, mm-hmm. I was like, they're kind of they're playing to what they agree on. And so I said, okay, let me go ahead and research their explanation on it. And the amount of assumptions you have to make when you study 607 and you study the scriptures that lead to 2,520 years, which adds on to 1914, you have to ignore so many signs and make so many assumptions. And so I said, hold on, man. So I started doing some more research on Charles Taz Russell. And I started going into the false predictions that he was making. And then, again, the overlapping generation came to mind that never made sense to me. But once I started looking at the false predictions in the past that were written in their article, it was over. I said, they're guessing. And, and I couldn't ignore the reoccurring habit, the reoccurring habit that, that they did all those years, and now we're at overlapping. I'm like, wait, wait, I got a chance now to wake up from them faking it out. They keep moving it. But now mm-hmm. I get a chance. I'm, I'm in it right now. I see the overlapping generation. And so... That's when I said, okay, these Negroes are just anybody. And, and further research, <laughs> look, y'all. I never heard it put like that like, before. Like, further research, <laughs> this is not no special apostate magic. You could Google it. Right. Like, it's not I didn't, right. It's common sense. I, I was so messed up. When I was reading this stuff online, I thought the apostates had a worldwide conspiracy to digitize everything and change it. I really thought. I was like, they must have a conspiracy to, to change it. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I simply told myself, I just want to be a Christian, period. Read the Bible and learn for myself without having the guilt of questioning a dogmatic religion. Especially when it claims that they can be wrong. And has claimed that they have been wrong. Um, and that's where I'm at right now. Um, to be honest with you, I don't have all the answers to by any means. Um, I just know that, I, I'm, in my opinion, I'm just tired of being fed some, some bull crap. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I'm ready to learn on my own. And... and this is the most, this is the nicest I've ever been to everybody ever. Because now when I'm speaking to you, 
I'm having a conversation as opposed to waiting to input exactly. where I can lead you to the truth. Exactly. That's a real conversation. Yeah. It's not just waiting, thinking he, he don't got the truth, so he wrong. Right. Which is so unfair right. to anybody you're talking to. Yeah. So now when I'm in the store and someone expresses themselves and he says, man, you got the bad spirit, man, or you got the good spirit. The good spirit is used to be, I used to be like, he don't got the truth. I'm like, oh, I'm going to let him yep. talk, then I'm going to say revelation. Yep. Yep. I'm like, I now listen and say, you know what? I never thought about that, man. Like, that's, that's yeah. a good thought. You know, I'll think about that. And it's much more beneficial. Um, one more thing I want to, well, a couple more things I want to touch on. When you're already programmed to look at somebody in a negative light, you're already winning, a, you're already fighting a losing battle. Yeah. Because your expectations are already low. You know what I'm saying? And that's what they kind of program you to do towards worldly people, to already see them as negative and they don't, instead of opening your ears. Um, real quick, that's what I want to do. I'm, I'm going to mention some of the false predictions. People don't believe it. You could look it up. But these are some of the many, I couldn't write them all down, of the false predictions that they have predicted over the years. Um, Charles Tass Russell, first of all, he was branched off the Miller Light Church, the Miller Wright Church. You could Wikipedia this. Mm-hmm. One of the big things that the... Think, if we look at the the, um, the video, what was it? Something Into Darkness? Yeah, it doesn't the, touch the, on that. The, it don't say it specifically, but it tells you he was sitting in a church. In a yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you take it it. from there and Yeah. And the and the thing that I ain't like about that is when we talk about the hundred forty four thousand in Revelation, because Jehovah's Witnesses are the only ones that take the number literal, obviously everything around it is metaphorical to them. Except Um, except that number. Except that number. (laughs) How? Then they mention the virgins, they're being virgins, which we define as uh they define as people that never touch false religion. You can Google Charles Russell's tomb. He was buried with a, pier- a prayer Pyramid. pyramid, yeah. which he later, they later put in 1925, they put in um, the book, uh, Millions Down Living Will Never Die, and they most called it... Most of them it, was dead, by the way. And he said most of them, yeah. <laughs> and they put it, and excuse me, they put it in the Waste of Paradise, and they called it the Bible sp- um, Stone, and they, they used it to bring 1925 as a day that the resurrection is going to happen. I'm just quote some of these false predictions really quick, some of them. Um... Okay, so 1915 uh, was foretold to be the beginning of the end of the system of things. The time is at hand, page 80, page 99. Um, 1889 edition first hit 1914. They came out in 1912 with a new The Time is at Hand edition and said 1915. They, fo- they foretold 1918 in the book called The Finished Ministry, published in 1917. They published this book a year before they said the end was to come. All right, page 404 and page 485. All right, again, they foretold 1921, again in the finished ministry on page 64. They said the churches are going to be destroyed by 1921. I want to continue. And mind you, I could pause this later on and go back and read exactly what I'm saying. The book Millions Now Living Will Never Die, published in 1920. Millions Millions Now Living Will Never Die. Mind you, currently... Under a half a million people are living now that lived in 1920. That that kind of falsifies that. Page 88 in Millions Now Living Will Never Die says, We may expect 1925 to witness the return of these faithful men of Israel, such as Abraham and whatnot. Mm-hmm. All right? They were supposed to be at his house in California. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. is that called? Bethlehem. 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 B
spoke of 1925 and 1926 again as the rapture dates. Page 224 mentions 1925 as the resurrection day. Uh, page 157 shows a breakdown of the prayer pyramid, which they used to calculate the supposed end. 1925 and 1926 came and went with nothing happening. 1975 was a big one. They made a big jump um, from the 20s, actually to the 40s, to 1975, in which this is a big one. Watchtower 1969, May 22nd, page 15, said, this is in 69, if you are a young person, you also need to face the fact that you will never grow old in this present system of things. <laughs> Why not? Because all the evidence and fulfillment of Bible prophecy indicates that this corrupt system is due to end in a few years. This was 1969, Watchtower, May 22nd, mm -hmm. page 15. Um, after 1975 passed... Hold on real quick. Mm -hmm. Before you say that, I just want everybody to know... And you might be going there, so I might have jumped ahead of you with this. No, no, go ahead. But they literally said that 1975 was presumptuousness, presumptuousness by a few people, a few witnesses. Yeah. But what Todd just read with read you <laughs> was out of an article that had to be approved by the governing body and all of their Holy Spirit. Right, and, and they admitted that they did have some part in. The misleading in 1980 yearbook. If you want to look at the 1980 yearbook, you have to have the physical copy because I don't think that's on the uh, Watchtower oh, Library. They, yeah, they took it down. Watchtower 1966, October 8th, page 19 through 20. It says, within a relative few years, we will witness the fulfillment of the time of the end. And not to mention things that are not written on paper, like things said from the platform, like stay alive till 75. After 1975 gone and passed, they smartened up a little bit because they didn't give a specific date, but they mentioned <laughs> the end of the century. Yep. Uh, Watchtower 1984, March 1st, page 16 through 21, paragraph 12, hints to the end being the end of the century. Um, January 1st, 1989, Watchtower, page 12, they said Paul was spearheading a missionary activity, laying a foundation for a work that would be completed in our 20th century. They later changed that to say to be completed in our day. If you look at the Watchtower Online Library now, they changed it to completed in our day. Um, but look, guys, I, I mean, look, I, I could go on forever and ever, but I'm not going to go too long. The dates I'm done with, all right? But there's some more stuff I just want to bring out. Uh, research Jesus Christ not being our mediator, which is from the questions from readers, Watchtower 1989. That's one thing that if a, you tell a witness, yeah, we know Jesus Christ isn't our mediator. He's just for the... They'll be like, no, he is. I've tested this out, not. guys. He's not. I've tested According this. to them, uh, yeah, he's not. I, I tested this out. No one knows that. They don't. All right. And then the last, well, two more things. I promise two more things, guys. Then we're going to get to the message for the, the PMOs, all right? Now, you look at the cross definition on a reasoning from the scriptures, and you look at the reference for the cross definition. They reference the Imperial Bible Dictionary. What they do is they do something slick. They start off with the original definition for the cross, which says upright stake. That's true. That's true. True. The Hebrew word sorrows for cross or whatever it was, was an upright stake. Now, they quote from the Imperial Bible Dictionary. If you go to the Imperial Bible Dictionary, the Imperial Bible Dictionary says the cross was an upright stake. But after modifications, 
they added a cross piece, which most likely Jesus was used in his crucifix. They say it, but they don't quote that. If you look at right now on Watchtower Online, you go to the you go to cross and reasoning from the scriptures, <laughs> you'll see where they put the dot dot dot. They skip a quote and they finish it up. Wow, this is still online for everybody to see. It's just like me saying, "Oh, actually, gay was gay is happy." Like, gay was happy. But not saying, but we know that gay turned into the homosexuality. It's just, they're saying, just like that. They're being slick. They're not selling a full cultural story. My last thing I want to bring out, and that hit me because I really was convinced that we at least knew the steak was it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, wow, that's new. That's new light for me. (laughs) That is new light. Go get your steak. Um, And I I am passionate about this, so excuse my enthusiasm. (laughs) But the last one is the overlapping generations. Oh, yeah. So they use Matthew chapter 24, verse 34, when Jesus said this generation would not pass until the time of the end. Mm -hmm. The problem about that is if you look at the freaking explanation, it's like you're watching the Twilight Zone. Splain then uses the word generation and interchanges it with contemporaries, which is not the same thing. He says, so the contemporaries, but no, you got to stop right there. It's not contemporaries are people who lived at the same time. Generations are people who were born around the same time. What they do is they use one scripture to explain the overlapping generation. They use Joshua chapter one, verse six, in which it says Joseph eventually died and also all his brothers and all that in that generation. We learned not too long ago that Joseph's brothers were around the same age. He had 10 brothers, but they were all around the same age. We just learned that in a recent Watchtower, I think, this year. That's not a contemporary. That's more so generation. Mm -hmm. What they do is they skip the definition of generation given by Jesus in Matthew chapter, well, given by the Bible book of writer of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 17, where it says, from Abraham to David were 14 generations. From David... And to the de- deportation of Babylon, 14 generations. So it's, they go from father to father. That, so, so they skip that whole thing, which is in the same book of the original scripture in Matthew when they say this generation. It's, it's honestly, guys, I'm going to be honest with everybody looking at it. I understand. I get it. Like, I, I get it. It's, it's, I get it. I was there. I was fighting. I was saying no, but this and that. I get it. But it just doesn't make sense if you're being honest with yourself. Yeah. If you look at anything outside of the publications, just like you wouldn't go to the Cheesecake Factory to get a review on the Cheesecake Factory, you would go to something like Yelp or something like that. That's my favorite. That's my favorite analogy. I do the same thing. You I know, say the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, why the, would you stick to the car dealership of Honda to get a Honda and not ask anybody else? Like, right. like and, and this is talking about the big, the thing that's going to be the biggest impact in your entire life. You're, yeah. you're the one thing. Bro, witnesses themselves, listen, they y'all, will, y'all will go to to Google and get reviews and research on things as as small as if you're going to like the shoes you're buying online. But the one thing that in your mind means your salvation, you just you just blindly go with. And I think, too, a lot of people, they know. But it's so much that you will lose if you leave. That's true. Tell that's me, true. It's, honestly, it's, it's, yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot. And that's what I want to lead into. That like we're gonna just we're gonna end off with a message to the PMOs and witnesses. PMOs being an acronym for physically and mentally out people. Um, Sharon, can you start off with uh, something that you probably would tell the PMOs any kind of like word of advice or anything? You know what? I would just say. Do your research and do what's best for you because everybody has their time. I can't say for for a PMO to just get up and leave because I know I know what's at stake. 
I know what's involved and it takes a lot of courage to do it. But one day, do it. Yeah, <laughs> do it yeah. because because you're not gonna find any happiness. Yeah. I, I let me say this really quick. Yes, no, please. What when after I got this fellowship this time, I told you I was very depressed, very suicidal, and I went to therapy. And I I said I I have to be honest with her in order to get help yeah. because I I didn't even want to tell her anything about the Kingdom Hall, <laughs> which was the reason why I was there. Mm-hmm. So I told her, mm, and yeah. you know what she told me. You're not the only Jehovah's Witness that sits on my couch and says the same thing. Mm. So from where I was then, and I graduated after three months of therapy. <laughs> Shout out to therapy. <laughs> okay, okay. But from, from, from where I was then to where I am now, leaving the organization was the absolute best thing that I could have ever done. I met amazing people. I've had some some witnesses to you know still in well they're not in anymore but but to really help me i had people that are out to really help me so you won't be by yourself it's a whole community it that is. will be there to help you you won't yeah. be by yourself because that waking up process is painful yeah, yeah. and it can be yeah, it detrimental to yeah. some but i would just say do your research by yourself yeah. don't let yep. anybody tell you anything look it up for yourself yes. And make the best decision for you at the right time. I agree. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. Iman, any message to the physically and mentally out people? It's kind of just piggybacking off of what Sharon said. I mean, I, I guess I can attest to that working up process where it was detrimental to me. Um, just yeah. being honest, I was in the hospital for about, about, a, about seven to eight days. Hmm. Because waking up for me was... It was a culture shock, I yeah. guess, a reality yeah. shock, yeah. and I couldn't accept it. Yeah, yeah. So it took me a long time, and it's been it's 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 past the year, but for me, it's still kind of like a recurring thing every yeah. now and again. I'll be honest. Yeah. You asked me what last week to do this. Mm-hmm. I kind of been out of my whole Jehovah's Witness bag for probably a couple of months now because. Yeah. For me, I had to put it to the side because I realized it was, like, consuming me and taking over my life, this whole waking up process. Yeah, I understand. And I'm piggybacking what Sharon said. Like, at the end of the day, it's going to come a point where it's going to be something inside of you telling you Mm -hmm. to question it, think for yourself, to do research. Like, don't ignore it. Like, I pushed that down for so long. Yeah, yeah. Like, listen to what... Whatever in the inside your conscience yeah. is telling you, right? Yeah. <laughs> we was told, <laughs> listen to your conscience. To <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go yeah. ahead, do that research outside of what is being provided to you because there's so much more out here. It's so much yeah. more. Yeah. And I'll say one last thing too. Everything, if you think about it, all of the new light. That means the old light was a lie. Yeah. So how much more, how many more lies can we take and then we just ignore it and say, that's okay. No, it's okay. We're following, we're chasing after wind. Yeah. Yeah, I used to tell myself, I literally used to have to repeat over and over to myself that as long as it's not killing me, I'm going to keep doing it. Because at the end of the day, I'm going to have the answer at the end of the day. Jehovah's going to lead me to where I need to be at the end of the day. But as long as it's not killing me, I'm going to keep going with it. Yeah. Mm. But eventually, like, that's yeah. not enough, right. <laughs> eventually. Yeah. yeah. And um, me, for the for the physically and mentally out ones, I, I speak to a lot of them, actually, um, pretty often. And, um, you know, one, one sister, she just can't go anywhere because her mom will kick her out. I feel sorry for y'all, but I, I really feel sorry for y'all. But the thing is, 
hold on, you know what I'm saying, do what you got to do, keep your composure, and know that your feelings are echoed a lot of, throughout the whole community, community, and that was one thing that was encouraging to me, was when I saw a video from a XJW, um, and he said he had that moment where your body asked yourself, your mind asked yourself, who are you? And you say, I don't know. Mm. That, sh- that crap hurt, bro. Yeah. That crap hurts. It's like we don't, there's no benefit for us being, there's no benefit for us like tricking people. Like, like we, it's better for us to be wrong. But it hurts when you ask yourself, who are you? And you just don't know. You got to regather yourself. So, PMOs, you're, 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 you're not the only ones feeling how you feel. It's tough. It is tough. Keep doing your research. Uh, for for Christians, I would say, there's another way of Christianity. You don't have to be guilt. You don't have to be guilt by unrealistic standards and standards based on theology um, and things that are not really scriptural, um, like beards. You know, like like come on, really. I mean, people always say, oh, people are allowed to wear beards. So just let's just keep it real. Um, but anyway, um, and for the witnesses that are still in, I'm not gonna lie. If you're 60 and up, I don't want you to wake up. No. I don't want you to wake yeah. up if you're 60 and up. I, I yeah. hope you enjoy the rest of your life. Right. And may Jehovah uh, forgive you for ignorance. Every, like, I'm not, it's not for everybody. You know what I'm saying? And for the other witnesses, you could keep doing what you're doing, but does it make sense to you to only look at one source? If the truth is the truth, it'll stand on its own. It'll yep. have to be protected. Yep. The truth will stand on its own. You don't yep. need to freaking hide it and do all that stuff, you know? And and this is random. <laughs> Why do you treat disassociated people the same as disfellowship people? Oh, Can you explain man. that to me scripturally? How you treat someone that disassociated themselves, said, I don't want to be a part of congregation, the same as disfellowship people? You know, I asked my grandma that question. And I remember that she, she couldn't answer my, it. Right? I, I asked, because I, I told my brother... Of my older brother, he was the first person I told. I was like, "Look, I'm gonna tell you now. I'm not going to meetings no more. None of that, because because I'm a public figure now. It's gonna come out eventually. Yeah, salute, mm-hmm. uh, salute, right? It's gonna come out eventually, whether in an interview formally or informally. It's gonna come out. And I was like, "Listen, I'm gonna just tell you right now. I'm not doing it. I don't believe it." The most fundamental belief about being a witness is you have to believe that the governing body is is leading the organization through Holy Spirit. God put them there, yada, yada, yada. So I told him, I don't believe that. I brought up the 2017 article. He never even heard of it. Keep in mind, he's an elder. He never even heard of it. He said, oh, you might have still interpreted it wrong. I was like, I'll send it to you. He was like, all right, send it to me because I don't know. You must be. I sent it to him, and the first thing he said back was, I'm going to give you to the end of the week to tell everybody <laughs> else. I said you, <laughs> but I I'm going to give, give, give you to the end of the week to tell everybody else, and then uh, I'm going to have to do it's, it because, the truth. because of my responsibility, I can't let it go unchecked. And I was like, all right, whatever. I don't even think I responded to it. I just let it die or whatever, right? Yeah. I didn't tell nobody. Yeah. I'm like, he going to do what he got to do. Yeah. End yeah. of the week, I get a text from my grandmother. Long text. All, we heard that you were this, that, and the third. We love you, but we're prepared. We're prepared to cut, cut you, you off. Wow. Just like that. We love you, but we're prepared to cut you off. And I said, 
Well, all I said was I'm not going to the meet no more. But I would like to know why. How do you? How is disassociating yourself, which is basically choosing that you don't want to be in a religion anymore, the same as being disfellowshipped for unrepentantly sinning. Exactly. Remember, they used to and that's what I told them. They used to differentiate it. They used to say so and so has been disassociated. So and so has been this fellowship. Right now, they say, and it's smart. I give no it longer one of Jehovah's Witnesses. But know. they can't even say that anymore because now yeah, all of you witnesses, if you made it this far, you're not even members of the exactly. organization. You're just associates. That. You're right? individuals yeah, now. Individuals, yay! Yeah, you're you're individuals. So individually, make your choice. I've read a little bit about it. You outside, you realize how freaking Twilight Zone is just Um, but that would be we appreciate that. That would be my message to the to the witnesses. Um, you could keep doing what you're doing though. You could if you enjoy yourself, you could really keep doing. Honestly, you could, man. And I'm for you. I'm for you. You know, I could. I'll talk to you and hang out, and I won't even bring this crap up. I'll give you everything. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, I made a promise to one of my close relatives. Look, I'm telling you this. I won't bring it up unless you bring it up. I'm telling you, because I'm good with where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, me too. You know what I'm saying? So, you good look, with where you at? Yeah. Good. Like, I'm don't good bring it up you because good. you won't bring it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, man. Um, <laughs> so, look, we could have went deeper. I, I shortcutted some topics. So this could last a while. Um, yeah. Hold on. Let me shout out one person. I'm going to be honest still with you. fading. Very true. Oh, okay. Shout out to XJW still fading, man. You know, hang in there, bro. Hang I'm going to be honest with you. After this pod, you're gonna be asked to do another one. Probably, I'm down. I'm, do I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling <laughs> you. I'm a shot. I want to shout out. I've been watching. Here. I've been watching the the comments as uh, we go. You're gonna. People are gonna want to di- dive deeper into some stuff. I'm a shout out. Uh, and and um. Okay, so we know your audience. So you know we should be alright. But it's CarmenRenee.com for like face masks. She also has bracelets. And what else do you have, Carmen? Carmen? Come on. <laughs> you don't have to, but I just wanted to shout you out. Come on, Carmen. Talk about your business. You are your right. whole business owner. You go ahead and take my spot. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm the owner of my um my brand. It's Carmen Renee. I have makeup products and accessories. So anything from lashes to bracelets, lip gloss, all of that. I'm your girl. It's CarmenRenee.com. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay. Um, <laughs> any other shout outs? Y'all want to like uh, plug anything or anything upcoming? Yeah, I do. I just want to thank the Tonkins. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know we've been shouting them out all the time, but when I say somebody that's always there for you, they've been there for me since I was 15 years old, and I'm 45. And they're still there for me. That's, so yeah, shout no, out beautiful. to the Tonkins. Yeah, shout out to the Tonkins. Shout out to the Tonkins. Um, that's all for me, y'all. You know, I'm tied up. Um, yeah, I gotta get my mixtape, man. Say, no, nah, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I'm tired up. Y'all know me. Y'all see me on Instagram. Um, salute to the comments. Everybody be happy. Support, promote, promote love. Really, I love all you witnesses. Really, I think you guys are mostly good people. Yeah. Um, so I love you guys, man. And whoever wants to talk to me personally, hit me up. I'm not going to pay you any attention if you never hit me up in about a year or something. But people <laughs> that I feel like really care about me, we can have a discussion and I'll listen to you. Um, so with that being said, Thanks for your time. I really appreciate you guys' contribution to this. Thank you so much. This is brave on your part. I think, to me, it's historical, especially at least locally. Mm-hmm. So I'm super glad you all were able to share this with me. And um, thank you for being honest with your stories and, and being open. Um, all right. Power to y'all. 